Hi, this is Michael Sheard, Admiral Ozzel from the Empire Strikes Back, and you are listening to Star Wars on Direct. Hi everybody, this is Josh from TheForce.net. When you get online, be sure to stop by the number one fan site for Star Wars for your daily dose. Our Star Wars news is updated literally a dozen times a day. We cover everything from the upcoming Episode 3 to the latest video games and collecting news. If it's connected to Star Wars, you'll find it on TFN. Post your thoughts about Star Wars, react to the latest news in the Jedi Council forums, over 10,000 posts a day. Stop by our side of the internet, theforce.net, your daily dose of Star Wars. StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars fan audio on the internet. It's your home for Star Wars fan audio genre news, a comprehensive catalog of fan-made Star Wars radio shows, parody tales, and serious audio dramas. With behind-the-scenes features, a message board, reviews, tutorials, convention coverage, an internet movie database style directory of the entire Star Wars fan audio community, and the only fan audio community recognized Star Wars Fan Audio Academy Awards held each year. StarWarsFanWorks.com. Fandom has a whole new sound. Galactic Hunter, the place where you can find the latest Star Wars collectible news from all around the world. From the Hasbro and Kenner lines of action figures, to comics, games, prop collectibles, and events, everything is covered and reviewed. Join our fan community and the Bounty Hunter Collective forums and find all your bounties at www.galactichunter.com. Galactic Hunter, keeping collectors on target. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Star Wars on Direct is brought to you by SimpleNet. With SimpleNet, obtain a low-cost advertising for your company or, quite simply, a space to put your personal website online. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Communications disruption can mean only one thing. Here they come! The coordinates have to 
team is pulling us in. You may fire when ready. Commence primary ignition. And welcome to Star Wars Sound Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Sorry, there was a little mic problem. Uh, with me. <laughs> Actually, no, with you. Uh, the uh, Star Wars Sound Direct crew is right here tonight. Uh, if you've been listening to the pre-show, the one thing you need to know right now is that if you ever lose your feed while listening to tonight's show, it's because we're testing our mobile equipment. And uh, we've had some problems in the show this morning. So if you do lose track of us, the feature will be right back under 10 minutes, so just keep on listening. Uh, we'll announce it in the, in the chat room as well if we have any problems, technical problems, and we'll next announce our return in the, in the chat room as well. And but by right, the way, right now, here's uh, Lunatic. <laughs> by the way, the pre-show is not recorded, so if yes. you want to... Uh, if you want us to call you because you want to rant about something politically incorrect to us, you can do it in the pre-show. That will happen probably more often now. Yeah. <laughs> and Brian, who's got a voice today. Yes, I do. And you have headsets. Yes, and I everything. do. Funny thing, they were. How do you feel? <laughs> How do I feel about by me. I feel honored. liberated. Liberated. Yeah, you should say honored. <laughs> <laughs> give us, give back the headset now. <laughs> Uh, main subject will be an interview with Michael Reeves, the co-author of the Clone Wars duology MedStar. And the secondary part will be opinions and improvisation on, on, uh, different, things. on different things, such as Revenge of the Sith, the title for the Star Wars Episode 3 movie. Uh, we'll have our usual... It's a movie? I- yeah, well, it's going to be. Okay. Eventually. Uh, st- staring, starring in many other people, Mousy McCollum, the daughter of Dirk McCollum. Segments uh, such as hyperspace, Star Wars miscellaneous news, and the community update will be there. And if and right now we're going to be my friend Kit Fisto who's going to tell us how you can contact us. You can reach us by email by emailing the person studio at swendirect.com. You can add us. You can instant message us at through MSN Messenger by adding the user swendirect at hotmail.com. You can get in contact us through the chat, which is where there's a link on the main page, which is www.swendirect.com. There's also a newsletter you can get through the through the main page, and also a webcam that you can watch us and things happen. And in the, the webcam will be moving around from now on. So. Yes, yes, I'm going to be having fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, of course, you mentioned the newsletter. And uh, right now we're going to go to the little movie review, and we're going to be reviewing The Village today. Uh, we'll be reviewing uh, Aaron and Kumar Go to White Castle and Born Supremacy on the next show, because we're very, very late, and we're, we need to do like a lot of things before we interview our friend Michael Reeves. But if first, you, The if Village. If you have time in the second reception. Yeah, we can always talk about it after the interview. The Village. Brian, you're the, you're the film student. You tell us what you think. It was very pretty, well shot. Um, acting was great, directing, everything, everything, everything. I, I just didn't like the story. The story twist, personally, I didn't like it. I wanted a. You wanted what? I, I wanted a, f- a suspense slash. It was predictable. Fantasy slash or science fiction type story, and it was kind of a drama su- suspense. 
Now, I was disappointed. Maybe if you want, if I was expecting that, even though I deprived myself from seeing the trailer, reading any of the reviews, maybe I should have. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it weren't for that, I would have enjoyed it very much. That's just me. I can't say it's a bad film because of that, but it's a personal issue. Okay. That's it. It's a personal issue why I don't, why I didn't enjoy it. Okay. Uh, I really loved it. It was it was a Night Shyamalan's movie, but it wasn't in this way. That it wasn't as multi-scripted as Signs, Unbreakable, and Sixth Sense. But it was still very good. Uh, there was a very hard social message that was sent that, you know, today's society is very violent. And s- sometime you might want to think of... You might be thinking of isolating yourself, but that's probably not gonna, you know, arrange solve every solve any problems. Um, it at some point I, I thought I was looking at the, sequ- the, the the sequel to Blair Witch Project. I was waiting to see like a little wooden Blair Witch thing in the woods. I'm sure it's it's, it's there somewhere. And uh, in other than basically this uh, very. This actual scene of the movie that should have been delayed to a little bit later in the movie, near the end, um, it was very good. I really loved it. I think it was nicely shot, um, especially the shot where you, you see Shyamalan. Yes, and that was one of the best scenes. That was one of the best scenes. And um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I highly recommend you go see it in, in theater. If you're not going to pay $10 because you don't think Shyamalan's a really good filmmaker, go see it as a matinee, but I think you should pay $10 to go see it at night or something like that. Especially if your girlfriend's scared easily. You know, you can, like, yes. tuck her into, your, into her arm and cuddle and everything. You lucky bastard. <laughs> but right now, we're going to go and listen to Monkey Wrench from the Foo Fighters, and we'll be right back to Star Wars on Direct right after this short musical break. See you, see you later.
This is Tatooine TV. We now return to our 309 of our coverage of the Senate investigation of charges of galactic crimes against the galaxy. Here now is documentary filmmaker Michael Moore. Emperor, sir, I am a filmmaker and an American. Yes, I am familiar with your work. It looks as if you've put on some more weight. Well, yeah, I haven't shaved for another month as well. But that's not important. I've seen the way you're stomping around the galaxy, grinding your heel on the oppressed, and I say, shame on you, Mr. Palpatine, shame on you! What is your point, Mr. Moore? I have been filming a documentary called Palpatine is a Bad, Bad Man, and I and the rest of the galaxy want to know, are you Darth Sidious? You don't want an answer to that, Mr. Moore. You want to go on a diet. I... Yeah, uh, what? You want to go on a diet. I want to go on a, on a diet? Yeah. All of a sudden, I don't want to eat. I want to go jogging. I think I'll go now and, and jog 200 miles. I forfeit the rest of my time. It's only minutes. And welcome to Tatooine TV's Micro News. I'm Stanley Dupp. Tonight we look into the life of a woman who says her life has been ruined by the editors of Star Wars A New Hope. Let's welcome our guest, the woman who almost made the final cut of Star Wars A New Hope. Let's bring her out. Hi, Stanley. Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> there, there, Sandy. Please, call me Stan. Oh, well, that's funny. Stand up. <laughs> yes, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, uh, up like stand up. <laughs> okay, about your story. Is it true you were in A New Hope in 1977? Well, yes, I was. I played the girl who makes out with Han Solo. Well, that's not too tough of a gig, is it, Sandy? What was Harrison like back then? Cute, funny, and really knew how to kiss. Wow. Were you and he an item? Yeah, well, we played footsie under the table and picked out names for our kids, and it was just love at first take. It was wonderful. Then what happened? The worst chapter of my life. See, I knew that Star Wars was going to be big, but no one else did. I planned for my life as a big star. I bought two new houses and printed up them wedding invitations for my wedding to Harrison, uh, without the date, of course, and then it happened. <laughs> Please get yourself together and tell us what happened. <laughs> the editors had this stupid idea. We got to keep the movie at 121 minutes, so let's just cut that girl in the cantina scene. How shocking. That's overstating things a bit, isn't it? 
Really? She disowned me? Sent my email address to every advertising company on the internet? And then she sent Mormons to my house? It's awful. It's all because I was editor. Sandy, I'm so sorry. Didn't they add your scenes in the special edition that were originally cut out? <laughs> no. They added scenes of Java instead. And more special effects. I'm not a blob or a special effect. <laughs> what other talents do you have besides acting? <laughs> well, I think I'm pretty good at hairdressing. I cut my own hair. Yes, I... I can see that. But acting is my first love. Well, my second after Harrison. Okay, third after Harrison and scuba diving. But it's up there. Hmm. So, were you in any other films that we might have seen you in? Yeah. I did have parts in a few of Harrison's movies. In Raiders of the Lost Ark, I played Sala's wife. But they cut me out. And in Working Girl, I was the woman who gave Harrison his hot dog, but they cut me out of that one, too. After a while, Harrison stopped getting me parts. He got too famous, and I was... <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> he never sends me flowers anymore. I think he even married someone else and had kids with her. And I can't scuba dive anymore since that terrible... Terrible accident, but I don't want to talk about that. Well, on the bright side, at least you can say you weren't in, um, Geely. <laughs> that was the only movie I was actually in. I was beach dancer number 45. <laughs> okay, that's all the time we have for today. Join us next time when we talk to a comedian you won't soon forget. Joe the Angry Jawa. Good night. This is Tatooine TV. We now go live to an impromptu press conference after the startling acquittal of Emperor Palpatine of all crimes. I would like to thank my esteemed colleagues for coming here today. I have foreseen this wondrous moment, and I also see great days ahead for all our worlds. Now, listen to me very carefully. I don't have to pay any taxes. I don't have to pay any taxes. This is Tatooine TV. The end of Tatooine TV is coming. There are six more Tatooine TV episodes. See you next time on Tatooine TV. Tatooine TV number 19 is a Jeffroni Designs production. For full credit information, please visit jrdonline.com. Only minutes. Next time on Star Wars Nothing Changes. I should kill you. Do not make any sudden moves.
has your sense of fun. What the hell are you doing? Jedi still. Get the data. Let's do this. Roger. What? How do you know that? The Force whispers, Supervisor. I simply listen. How many children did you kill to be put in charge? I don't believe it. All right, let's get back to the ship. Coming online now, sir. Attention, rebels. Patience. We can see that. Please heed this advice, for it will be your only chance. Run. At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by our team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Hello, this is Paul Lynn, director of Lucas Online. And you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. And right now we're going to go straight into our very usual and nice Star Wars hyperspace segment. Of course, we ask you not to talk about the Star Wars hyperspace spoilers in the uh, actual default room of uh, Star Wars on direct chat room. We ask you also not to talk of those uh, same spoilers in the uh, in the in any forums on the internet that are not spoilers allowed for episode 3. Respect your fellow fans who don't want to be spoiled and just make sure uh, everything's all fine. If you'd like to talk about the Star Wars episode 3 spoiler, you can come into the swendirect.com chat room in my room 1. That's where the host 2 is. And uh, right now I'm, we're going to start this segment in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. It's going to be 10 minutes long. Oh crap! Prepare to jump into hyperspace on my mark. All right, stand by. Cette chronique est une présentation de Star Wars en direct. Well, what do you know? <laughs> Wrong file. But it's okay. It's basically this segment is a, presenta is a presentation of Star Wars on Direct. Okay. How to create Wookiees? Because uh, we know that there's been a lot of action in the Wookiee, se the Wookiee section these past uh, 
couple of weeks. And uh, basically, in uh, Revenge of the Sith, they will be realized uh, between a combination of costumes and numerical uh, and uh, digital extras. Eight uh, massive costumes have been created uh, under the leadership of Dave Elsie, and uh, they are basically at the art of the performance of the Wookiees. Uh, other Wookiees, well, our, the friend uh, Michael Kingman uh, was basically helping out the guys in ILM doing uh, some motion capture this week so that the other Wookiees that we'll see in the background of the cities will be walking around and they will be fighting as if they were their own Wookiees. Speaking of Wookiees, we have to mention the return of the Wookiee. They should, have, they should make that movie. Return, return of the, the Wookiee. And, uh, of course, it's Chewbacca who's coming back in Star Wars Episode 3. Uh, there's, a, a, there's a lot of scenes that have been uh, filmed last week during in the, in the reshots. Uh, they've been shot in front of uh, green screens. And there's actually... Uh, darn. There's... Uh, Is it in French? Brian. What's this one? The uh, vacuum. The vacuum. There's a vacuum cleaner right next to the, the, the green screen. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Voila. Now. And we're back. <sighs> Sorry, folks. And sorry about those technical difficulties. Uh, I don't know why we all <laughs> we that for that's four it. hours. I'm going to let you write down in the chat that the uh, Star Wars Hyperspace segment will last till 7.50 okay. uh, on the server time, which is the, uh, the time you can see at the bottom of your uh, chat room, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you're going to be, Brian, you're going to be able to hear through that, so, and you can control the volume as well. Okay. 
And, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, basically, the, uh, both Michael Wing, uh, Kingman and uh, Peter Mayo were shooting the, uh, the, the Wookiee scenes, the reshots, and uh, they, they're, they were acting out basically close-up shots and reaction shots and everything like that. Their, uh, sh- the Wookiee shouts will be uh, added later by Ben Burt. And uh, basically, there was there was a lot of weird stuff on the set, uh, boxes, tennis balls, and other objects just just there to illustrate Jedi holograms, uh, clone soldier, clone troopers, and uh, some ships. The Kashyyyk environment will be a mix between models, photographies, uh, photos, some uh, digital, digital digital art, uh, basically uh, made painting, made paintings. And uh, there's a really nice m- model in the ILM model uh, department that is uh, starting to take shape. A uh, nice little miniature tree of the Kashyyyk uh, scene. So this is nice. Okay. Uh, there was a little rumor that was posted on the Forge.net but was afterward denied by Pablo Hidalgo that as soon as Darth Vader will be waking up and Anakin's dead, the Force will cease to exist in the entire world of the living and no other kid sensible to the force will be uh, will be born uh, the only one that will be uh, remaining will be Yoda, Obi-Wan Luke and Leia and they're surviving not to save the galaxy but to save the man who will save the galaxy therefore making the prophecy about Anakin true because he gets to be the chosen one Sadly, it was denied by Pablo Hidalgo that no other Force-sensitive child will be born after his death. So, yeah, I don't know. It was it was a funny spot to to have around. That's a ridiculous rumor. Yeah, I know. Um, we had Aldo on the on the on the official website a confirmation of a spoiler. Uh, the official website changed the Princess Leia. Um, yeah. <laughs> the details on uh, on their database that uh, the general and hero and, and Jedi hero Obi Wan Kenobi has organized himself so that Leia will be uh, secretly transported on, onto Alderaan, where she will be uh, raised by Kenobi's friend or Bail Organa. And uh, before that, it was clearly indicated that uh, Obi Wan was taking Padme and Leia to Alderaan so that he could raise both of them. So there you go. He could raise Padme. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Swept her off her feet. There was a big, big, big update from Pablo Hidalgo because he's been holding up for a while now. Must have been under a lot of stress back at Lucasfilm with Comic-Con and everything. Uh, I'm just going to tell you guys the the, uh, outlines of those. Uh, Yoda doesn't find anything concerning the Sith or the Force on Kashyyyk. Padme will give birth to the twins on a new planet. The um, the the race of Tian Medan is implicated in a major uh, fight on their own planet. Uh, there was the this rumor that uh, no other sensible to the Force uh, being will be born after the death of Anakin. This is totally false. The title Revenge of the Sith has been chosen for a, for a long time. It was the title that was on the scenario in pre-production. The title will not change. Uh, there is a concept design of the planet of Tian Medan, which was accidentally posted on the official website. Hmm. Probably, as Danny was saying earlier, the cover of the Art of Episode 3. 
Prob- well, maybe. Would make sense. Yeah. The number of planets present uh, that, that are going to be presented in uh, ROTS R12, this number should not change, and all these planets have names. We will see Anakin and Yoda in hologram at, at some point. There are uh, more fact that the clones are actually beings of their own. Commander Cody is under the commandment of Obi-Wan, Commander Blee is under the commandment of Ayla Secura, and Commander Thier is on Coruscant, but the, the, the latest uh, is not joined with a particular Jedi. Who knows? Maybe Mace or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oliver Ford, Ford Davis, a.k.a. Sayo Bibble, will probably be present uh, when they're going to be doing the reshots later this month. The uh, name Darth Tyranus Dooku will not be dying falling in a hole, in a pit, like Maul and the Emperor, which is something I've never really paid attention to. Yeah. Uh, when someone asks Pablo if, uh, who's going to die with Mace Windu, Pablo says, look at the recent Dark Horse comics and you'll have uh, an idea of the group who, accom- who accompanies Mace. Uh, so basically, looking at those comics, we, f- we tumbled upon Republic number 65, uh, showing a group of Jedi led by Mace. This group is composed of Kit Fisto, Agent Kolar, and Sacy Teen. Are these the three Jedi who will die with Mace Windu? Most probably, but who knows. I, I would find it hard, but it's possible. Sifo-Dyas is none, is not Dooku, nor Qui-Gon. Sifo-Dyas is Sifo-Dyas. Which is a very interesting statement. Kind of obvious. Yeah. Yoda will have some scratches some scratches in uh, ROTS. Bad fighting. The material that composes the Mask of Grievous is not yet determined. The, uh, there is a scene where John Null suggested that the, the, uh, the mask actually... Uh, yeah, gra- grinds down instead yeah. of folding. So, points more and more toward bone-like kind of stuff. Um, in ROTS, Jar Jar will be, uh, will be actually looking back at someone. Is this going to be the only time we're going to see the Gungan? Hopefully, yes. <laughs> we will see the, en- the entry of the Jedi Temple. This promises to be a very important scene. Hanekin does, ex- does, conf- does not have any interest in getting a Padawan. However, he does have some conflict with the, uh, the way the... Um, Jedi Council. The Jedi Council gives his... Uh, Orders. Yeah, his Missions. promotions it gives out his promotions. So, because he's not been chosen to be a Jedi Master yet, so he's just a Jedi Knight. You have to raise a Padawan to knighthood to become a master. There you go. New image of Before the Helmet. There were two of those. Uh, basically, one was entitled "Bailing Out," showing out uh, which Bail is the Organa with the title underneath that he was bailing out a certain Jedi Master from the from midair, just like in Attack of the Clones. There you go. And the other one was Deadly Craftsmanship, and this one is basically showing a close-up of uh, either a gun or a cannon or something from the plan- the, the folks of T and Madden. So I guess that people that resubscribe to hyperspace did so yes because they've stopped showing us cool stuff <laughs> the image of null the null visions were there were two images there was one that were the uh, court of the general grievous which are really nice 
and you look a lot like the Death Star in uh, Return of the Jedi. And the latest one is also is an elevator shaft where which is aboard uh, Trade Federation uh, cruiser ship, and we're probably going to be seeing that at the beginning of the movie. There's also a new image of Padme coming out fr- coming from the Time Out magazine, and uh, in that we don't see much but Padme on that image. But in this scene, she's actually discussing uh, with Obi Wan in her apartment. Uh, there was a, there was a couple of images of Darth Vader that were released, uh, and they're very interesting to look at. Uh, you can find them pretty much all over the web, and uh, some of them you're going to see in the DVD uh, documentary Revenge uh, on Revenge of the Sith. And there's Darth Vader and Palpatine, and you can see that Darth Vader is actually tied down to some sort of table, which is raised up. Like a picture, like an image we saw earlier, say September of last yeah. year. And uh, I'm going to finish this chronic by say, this segment by saying uh, there were three kind of images, uh, three posters used by Lucasfilm for promotion of Episode Three. One was the same image that you can see on the future Asbro uh, action figures card. There's the other one that's Darth Vader standing up with his lightsaber open in uh, in fire. And the last one is my favorite one because I'm sure it's going to be part partly the episode 3 poster you see a fight between Anakin and Obi-Wan and there's this face of Darth Vader which will most likely be replaced by the face of the Emperor just take a look at all of these posters we had from uh, from our good artist uh, Drew's Chosen for the special edition that was good and that's it Master Fisto, trust your insight, we do. Welcome to the Miss News. I'm going to go straight away because we are in kind of a hurry tonight. Um, the president of the LucasArts gave a statement on the new Episode 3 video game, Revenge of the Sith. It is due on May 5th of 2005, and it will be the WWE of the Star Wars games, apparently. Um, it, like the Star Wars Episode 3 movie, the PlayStation 2 and Xbox game will focus on the climactic battle between Obi-Wan and Anakin, and according to Ward, will include the most exciting lightsaber duel ever seen in a video game. The third-person action-adventure will also give players a chance to make use of a range of abilities. As Anakin, players will use the power of the dark side to unleash ruthless lightsabers and force attacks. Well, as Obi-Wan players will struggle to save the galaxy from darkness, focus the power of light to sw- into swift, precise lightsaber attacks using the force to control enemy actions. A preview of this game will be available as part of the Star Wars trilogy DVDs as well being released in September. There will also be the further games planned around the not based on any of the movies anymore, but more on the live action and animated TV series. Wow. So, that was officially announced by a LucasArts representative. So, that's that. Uh, LucasArts is also planning a new game based around the fourth movie in in the Indiana Jones series. Um, It won't be released until about 2006, they think, though. Okay. In the book news, they they have finally given the title of the Troy Denning um, trilogy, post- New Jedi Order. There it's going to be called Star Wars Dark Nest. The first one, The Joiner King, will be available in August 2005. The second 
The Unseen Queen in October 2005. The third, The Swarm War in December 2005. Uh, there's also the characters included will in highlighted in the in the Dark uh, Nest trilogy will be uh, Jaina, Jason, Lobaka, Luke, Mara, Leia, Han, Alimarar, Tassar, a few Chiss, also Raynar, who is thought to be dead at the end of Star by Star. We also, they also came out with the schedule, the 2006 schedule of the books. The, in February, there is an undetermined hardcover. In May is the first of the Michael Reeves mass market paperbacks, known as Coruscant Knights. Coruscant. Coruscant. <laughs> Knights. It'll be night, and that is not Knights as in Jedi Knights as in the nighttime. Um, it's not a trilogy, but it is three, you know, individual individual stories coming out in May 2006. May 2007, May 2008. We're going to have some questions for Michael about exactly. that. Exactly. Um, and then in June will be the f- will be the Joiner King, Dark Nest, the Joiner King. Then in September you'll get. Okay, well I have different. Oh no, that's sorry. The first of the post NGO nine book series, a hardcover. Then September will be the. Uh, the second one of that, a paperback, and then in September, and then October will be an undetermined hardcover. December it will be the third one, a paperback. If the Post and Joe series, the new title for the Zan book it will most likely going to be Star Wars: The Outbound Flight. And then the the setting for the Coruscant Knights, it will be right after Return of the Sith. The first a one? few yeah. couple, a Re- couple of months. Revenge of the Sith or Return of the Jedi? Re- Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. We all have to adjust to that title. <laughs> um, so that's that. And the there's comic. The comic news is that the Clone Wars Adventures. There will be three issues, uh, three volumes rather planned. Their first, the first one will be will focus on the Jedi Knights. The second will be a reprint for those who may have missed it. The third will feature the clone troopers in Star Wars Republic. The it will foc- the upcoming will focus on a uh, on Honegger, the planet of the Nogri, and it will feature Alia Secura and Commander Bly. Um, the Empire Star Wars Empire will focus will be the focus will be taken off the Imperials and more onto the heroes of the Rebellion. The Empire's not gone though; they're still there. Um, Star Wars Tales number 21 will kick off its new format in September. The first issue will, will have a story from the Republic area, the story from the Empire era, and a new Jedi Order tale starring Kalkatarn. Of course, Nathan Butler wrote that one. Who we've How many times have we repeated in the last few shows? Uh, 172. Okay, good. You're keeping count. Um, General Grievous is also... Actually, that's 173 now. Go on. Four. We've mentioned it a couple times. Uh, General Grievous will will have a, his own four-issue mini-series by Chuck Dixon and Luke and Rick Leonardi. Sorry about that. Um, it's going to be happen just before Revenge of the Sith. Okay? Uh, Star Wars Obsession will be a five-issue mini-series that will focus on Obi-Wan's quest to bring 
Asajj Ventress to Justice. It will have tied to the third season of The Clone Wars and the Labyrinth of Evil novel. The Revenge of the Sith comic book adaptation will be, will be uh, a four-issue run, and it will be written by Miles Lane and, du- and drawn by Doug Wheatley. Um, it will be also be available in a collected edition after the film is released. Um, there's also going to be a new omnibus called Dark Horse Holocron that will have uh, 200, 400 pages. It will feature numbers of issues, like a whole series of books, and collect them together. It's still in the planning stages, so... The like the, the Bible? Exactly. Okay. A It'll be a, well, a printed version of all the comics together. Okay. Um, there's also a new the graphic novel based on Return of the Sith, uh, Revenge of the Sith designs. It'll be called Star Wars Visionaries. It'll be 120 pages long. It will include 12 stories, some canon, some infinities, written by some of the Lucasfilm concept artists who works on the designs for Revenge of the Sith. The book will be available in April 2005. Now on to collecting news. There was some sad news for collecting people collecting people um, about the Sand Trooper available from Star Wars Shop. Originally stuffed into a box with no packaging material to keep it safe, they arrived broken and all messed up. Okay. Yes. Well, (laughs) they got a few angry emails. (laughs) No, seriously. And then they sent back this quite rude email. Thank you for your email. The packaging for this item is not guaranteed to be in mint condition. All sales on this item are final. Sincerely, customer service, StarWarsShop.com. Well, the next day, they sent out another email. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> For Star Wars Shop, the fan community and collectors are priority number one. We have listened to your communications regarding the delivery of the Star- Silver Sand Trooper and, ha- and have changed the StarWarsShop.com policy. The change was effective Monday, August 2nd, and the changes of came into place on the 2nd. Hopefully, I don't know. Th- there's going to be better quality changes, stuff like that. We'll see. I don't think there's any refunds for the people that got them all fucked up. I feel bad for those Since people. we're on the bad language strain, I'm going to go, who got his ass laid? <laughs> <laughs> because that's a big mess up. I wouldn't want oh, my action yeah. figures getting there all messed up. I'd rather do that myself. And I and I especially uh, like in the beginning it was so well the packaging was so well done. I received a poster and like only a few things and there was like tons of packaging. That, that what yeah, happened? They ran out of paper and boxes. Okay, now on to the DVD. This is my last little part. Um, now there's a lot of information that's been released since we had our last show. Actually, the day of our last show, everything came out. Now, if you want to hear some of this stuff, see some of the stuff, like video clips are available on millenniumfalcon.com. If you go there, we have screenshots, audio shots, um, everything is there. Menu shots have been stolen from other sites, dvdtown.com, <laughs> and claimed as their own, which is not very cool. Um, everything is there, screenshots. I've seen Return of the Jedi DVD. Beautiful. Beautiful. Lucasfilm has put a lot of effort into these. And yes, Hayden is in Return of the Jedi. And just to go on... Uh, I've heard the, uh, the audio okay, we expla- don't explanation. 
why he's there from George Lucas. We'll talk about this on the next show because okay. we got to go. Bye. Uh, but basically, we ju- I just want to say that Star Wars Galaxy's Kevin O'Hara has resigned from his post as uh, main guy from Star Wars Galaxies. It's now replaced by K- uh, Kurt Stengel. And uh, we'll m- we might just talk to him in a few weeks. But now we're going to go to a short musical break and we will be listening to I Need You Tonight by NXS. And we'll be right back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. 
Hi, this is Jeff Fioletti. And this is Luke Gambone. And we're the producers and directors of Silent the Deadly Trilogy. And you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by our team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Hey, this is Lisa Stevens, president of the Star Wars Official Fan Club, and you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. We are currently joined by none other than Michael Reeve. Uh, I'm going to be introducing him right now very quickly. He's the author of Dark Mole Shadow Hunter, as well as the co-author of the Mad Star Geology and writer-screenwriter for many other novels, TV series, and movies. Star Wars on Direct is happy to welcome Michael Reeves. Welcome to the show, Michael. Happy to be here. Um... Tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, how did you become a writer? Basically, did it just did you just follow your path through school, or did it is, is it something that came in as a hobby? No, it was something I wanted to be from as long back as I can remember, and I just you know I pursued it at a young age. Started writing stories that were dreadful, and uh, when I was in college, I mean just after I got out of college, actually, I attended the Clarion Science Fiction Workshop in 1972 and there I saw my first short story mm-hmm. and uh, then I moved to Los Angeles in 1974 and I sold my first television script then and been pretty much making my living with words ever since great okay that's pretty good uh, we're your first hand Star Wars fans uh, describe the feeling of your first Star Wars experience my first Star Wars experience? Yeah. Uh, well, that would be when I saw the uh, episode four in the at the Chinese theater the day it came out. Oh. You're uh, one of the few lucky... I think probably the first showing of it. And some friends of mine and I, we'd, we'd heard about it, we'd heard the buzz, but we really had no idea what it was about, you know. So, went down there to see it. There weren't too many people there in line at all. Went in, got good seats, sat down, and... Uh, then they opened it up, they started that fanfare, and the big Star Destroyer came overhead, and we said, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I believe, if memory serves correctly, we sat through it twice. You could do that back then. And oh. uh, we just sat through it twice. And I remember when we came out, the line had already started to go around the block just by word of mouth. <laughs> cool. It was, it was great. I still think that's the best one. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know... You just like you watch Star Wars, you become a fan. Uh, what what led you into the direction of writing for Star Wars? Uh, what led me into it was I was I was invited, and um, I had up to that point I'd never really pursued the idea of doing uh, novelizations or novels set in you know film or television universes because you know I, I write television and it's sort of like to me the idea of doing novels based on TV shows or movies was just kind of like doing television with dust jackets. 
I mean, it just seemed like the same sort of work, only I could get paid a lot better for doing less work in television. Mm-hmm. But when I got off of the Star Wars job, I, I jumped at it because I knew that it would be uh, it would be fun to do. It was a universe that I really enjoyed, and I knew it would sell very well. Um, what's not to like? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, which which circumstances led led you to meeting with Steve Perry? Oh God, let's see. <laughs> that was a long, long time ago. I think we met at we met at a convention, a science fiction convention. In San Francisco, I believe, around the mid '70s. There, okay. I think it was. I think it was a. I think it was a WesterCon, and we just ran into one another in the Cephal Suite and got to talking, and um, you know, we just started exchanging mail. We didn't have email back then. <laughs> it was snail mail. Yeah, it was mail mail in those anti-Diluvian days. So, um, and then we, um, after after we got to each other, we just sort of tried collaborating. We found that we. Uh, we worked well together, so we've been doing it off and on ever since. We've written about, I think, four novels together and uh, a lot of television scripts. Cool. Okay. Um, we're going to ask you a little bit of a tricky question, and you, you're going to have to be careful with what you're going to answer, because we're, we'll be asking this exact same question to Steve. Who's in control in your in your writing relationship with Steve? <laughs> control? Yeah. Uh it's a um, it's an autonomous collective. <laughs> it's it's um, I mean I don't think there's anyone in control. We we sort of take turns. Okay. We work back and forth on the last couple of books on the Midstar books. We worked back and forth. Uh, he would write some of it. I would write some of it. We'd swap them. We'd polish each other's. I mean, somebody has to do the final draft and send it off. But someone is usually me for whatever reasons. I, I tend to be a little more nitpicky about stuff. I guess. But we've never had any real arguments or anything over it. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened with Lucas Licensing when they decided to chose you to write Darth Maul Shadow Hunter? How, how were you chosen to write that that book? How was I chosen? Yeah. Uh, Shelley Shapiro, who is the editor and chief at Del Rey Books, and she was my editor. I was writing a an original novel for. Her called Hell on Earth, mm-hmm. and she recommended me for the job. She asked me if I would be interested in doing it, and I said, yes, <laughs> oh, I'm not boy. a fool. <laughs> and uh, then she sent uh, over to um, over to the ranch, she sent a copy of one of my books that I had written. I, th- I think it was Voodoo Child, I'm not sure. But uh, she sent over there, they read it, and they offered me the job. It was that simple. Okay. And how was it different for Madstar? Well, I was what different? I mean, they just, you know, we, um, they, they just, they offered us the job. Um, Shirley called up and said, uh, we have this idea of doing a, uh, a, Star, a set of Star Wars books that chronicle uh, the, um, the experiences of surgeons, et cetera, in the field, kind of a mass unit sort of thing, and would you be interested in writing it? And Steve has had some background in uh, in medicine. He was, I think, he was a physician's assistant at one point. And I don't, but I can fake it. And it sounded intriguing. It sounded like an interesting thing to do. That wasn't a lot of shoot 'em up and everything. It was a much more character oriented piece. So we both thought it would be fun to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. How how did you like your experience of writing into the Star Wars universe? Oh, I love it. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a Extremely fully realized universe. 
And what's nice about that is whenever you're stuck for a character or a locale or something like that, um, you can just kind of turn to one of the many, many, many books on the subject <laughs> and plug one in. Uh, it's it's so nice to have that, that, that feeling of a solid foundation underneath you when you write. Um, there, there are two ways of, of writing things that uh, I think that are both equally fun. When you're writing for a show like Star Wars, I mean, when you're writing for a show like Batman or something or a series like Star Wars or that, you're doing icons. And that's a lot of fun because you get to bring your interpretation of something that's classic. Mm -hmm. uh, on the other hand, you might be doing something that's brand new and then you're creating icons, hopefully. And that's fun, too. So either way is good. Um, but for Star Wars, it's just it's a lot of fun because it's, it's, it's such a solid world. I mean... It's a very entertaining galaxy. Very okay. true. Yep. And while working with Steve, how, did, how exactly did you, 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 did you write the Mad Star book? What was your writing process? Because, uh, you know, did you, did you split work? Uh, was it easy, any easier than working along? Because you mentioned it earlier that, you know, you were doing something and then he was looking at it and back and forth. But I know. It, it, it's... it's Working in collaboration, of course, obviously it depends on who you're collaborating with, but working in collaboration, in this case with Steve, it was much easier because it's, it's nice to know you have someone who knows what he's doing backstopping you. I mean, it was very freeing to know that if I was working on a scene or a chapter and I wasn't quite sure how something should go, I could just toss it over to him and say, here, you write this part. <laughs> or, um, yeah, I'm a little stuck on this for this particular idea. What do you think? What happened was we... Um, When we knew we had the job, we got together. I, I went up to, uh, to Portland because it makes much more sense and it's much nicer to go to Portland than it is for him to come to Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got around for a week or so and we mapped out the basic direction in which we wanted to go. And then we sat down and we just started writing chapters and trading them back and forth. And we didn't necessarily write it linearly, which usually I tend to write a book from start to finish. And this one we jumped around a little bit because there really wasn't that much of a of a linear plot. It was much more of a, of a character piece. So we would write some chapters and then put them aside because we knew we were going to plug them in later, but we didn't know exactly where. So it was, um, it was a, kind of a different process than my usual style, which is to write a book from chapter one all the way through to the end, but it worked quite well. I was quite happy with it. Okay. Uh, you've done it two times already, but... Mm -hmm. Uh, what's the feeling of having written a couple of chapters in the, in the Star Wars saga now? Um, I think it's great. I mean, it's fun. It's, it's nice to know that, it's, like I said, it's fun to be a part of something that large and that, uh, that extensive. Um, I enjoy it. I enjoy the reactions to it. And, uh, and of course, I certainly enjoyed being on the New York Times bestseller. <laughs> of course. Of course. Uh, you did a great job introducing Shadow Hunter and Shadow of the Empire information in Battle Surgeons. Uh, does linking and referencing novel is something that Delray insists on? No, they don't insist on it. Um, I mean, sometimes they have specific things that they ask for. Um, sometimes Lucasfilms has uh, specific things that they want to put in or not put in, as the case may be. But they don't necessarily insist on it. It's, it's a case-by-case -case basis. Okay. Okay. Uh, besides your own novel, what are your references? You've mentioned a little bit about the history of hyperspace, for example. Uh, where do you get your informations? Um, oh, you mean for the uh, 
Well, do you read a lot of books from the expanded universe of Star Wars? Uh, uh, I hate to I hate to say this in public, but no, I really haven't read all that many of the novels. I've read a few, and I've read some of the non-fiction books, you know, the guides to mm -hmm. aliens yeah. and the books and the ships and all that, because they're very good for research. But you know, I really you don't have that much time to do the work, <laughs> and it's. You know, there's, there's like, God, how many books are there out there now? Over a hundred. <laughs> oh, boy. So, <laughs> I, I've read, obviously, I read Shadows of the Empire, mm -hmm. and uh, I've, I've read a couple of others, but for the most part, all the stuff like about um, the history of hyperspace and everything, mm -hmm. we just made that up. Oh. And um, we, we figured there are people there over at the ranch who are paid to police continuity, and if they find something that we didn't, you know, that, that doesn't jibe, which they have done on occasion, and they'll tell us, and we'll fix it. Cool. So it's a, it's actually a very good process of uh, checking backgrounds and, you know, links with history in the Star Wars universe. Yes. Did you have access to the Bible while writing your books? Uh, the King James Version? No, the, uh, the the Star Wars Holocron. Yeah, I know. The Holocron. Yes, we did. <laughs> Did it came on a CD or did it came like the guys from uh, the, the new uh, Jedi Order series? Uh, you yeah, know, on a CD. On a CD? Wow. <laughs> you lucky guys. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm waiting for the new revised version to, uh, to show up in my mailbox because I'm going to be reading that in these next books. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, the next question might be a little bit disturbing for you, so sit down <laughs> if you're not already sitting down. Uh, did you read something about Revenge of the Sith in the Bible? And if you, if so, what can you tell us? What's the reason why Anakin turns to the dark side? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> Actually, no. I, I really have no more idea on that particular thing than anyone else does. Okay. I have some, I have a little bit more information on some specifics, but that's about it. They told this stuff out on a need-to-know basis, and um, you know, there's, there's not really all that much that I need to know at this point. Mm -hmm. Which is fine with me because you know I don't want to know that much. For one thing, I don't want the surprises to be spoiled. And for another thing, you know I I have to you know make sure that I don't talk in my sleep or things like that. <laughs> yeah. You know because I can obviously I can't release state secrets or I'll get you know put in the rancor pit. Yeah. <laughs> And we wouldn't want that to happen before you finish writing your other books. Thank you. <laughs> But I. <laughs> uh, you will have another chance to write a Star Wars novel. We, uh, we'll discuss that a little bit later. But if you'd have a chance to choose a precise story in the Star Wars universe, which would you like to tell the most? Oh, wow. Um, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm quite enjoying the, ones that I'm, the one that I'm working on now because it was my idea that I pitched them, and they, uh, they went for it. So that was a little bit unusual because usually you get handed an idea or at least an area or a direction to go in. But I just I pitched this idea to them and they liked it, so it's uh, it's more my uh, my concept than say doing the Darth Maul book was. So I'm perfectly happy writing it. Uh, that would be Coruscant Nights. Yeah, that's a we didn't know that that yeah. it was your idea. Cool. Yeah. Um, When you wrote Shadowhunter and, and Medstar, you, you did mention that there were some, you know, ideas that were thrown in by Del Rey and that other things were thrown in by you and they were declined or accepted by them. So what were the restrictions from Del Rey in writing both books? We really didn't have that much restriction. I mean, we basically said, we basically told uh, 
we're interested in doing a story that would be like a mash unit mm -hmm. uh, in outer space in the Star Wars universe. Uh -huh. And that was pretty much all the uh, marching orders that we had. Okay. Took that and we ran with it. It was not as uh, straightforward as the NGO series, which they add precise guidelines to... Uh, no, I guess not. I mean, they gave us... Uh, we needed at least one or two characters who were recognizable from other other stories of the movies. So they gave us Beresafi and... Um, I think, who else? Okay. Uh, I cannot remember now. Oh, Fauji. And that was about it. Other than that, we made the characters up and we made the story up and... Um, You know, we had to obviously make sure that fit in the timeline of the Clone Wars, but since it was set on a planet and part of a campaign that pretty much was in, you know, completely in and of itself, we didn't have to worry too much about that. We just had to make sure that it uh, fit in the continuity, that we didn't make any references to things that were supposed to happen afterward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, it was easy. Well, not easy, but <laughs> it was pretty well defined. Okay. Okay. Uh, we're going to aim more on questions on Dark Maul Shadow Hunter since it's the first time we have you on the show. Uh, is it tougher to write an established movie character like Dark Maul? How do you write an evil action-oriented character? How do you get into his mind and spread out his emotion? <laughs> yeah, that, that, was, that was a good question. That was, that was one that uh, kept, kept us up nights a little bit. <laughs> um, the big problem, well, let's say the big challenge with doing Dark Maul was that it was a prequel to The Phantom Menace. Mm -hmm. So we knew going in that everything sort of had to be reset back to, uh, you know, step one so that we could go into The Phantom Menace, you know, without, uh, without any problems overshadowing. So we knew that no one could know at the end of the book. I guess we're going to have to do some major spoilers here. Mm -hmm. No one was going to get out of the book alive, basically. Mm -hmm. um, we, we sort of knew that going in. So... My challenge was to write a book where, even though you knew, or at least you could sort of guess if you had much on the ball, that it wasn't going to have exactly a happy ending, I still had to write it in such a way that you would worry about it and then pull for the characters and, you know, be caught up in the uh, in the arc of the story. Mm -hmm. And as far as writing for Darth Maul goes, it's, it's difficult because there really wasn't much there in the movies. I mean, he was... You know, he was, he was basically the Terminator. <laughs> and uh, and he did it very well. You know, I thought, um, I thought the actor pulled it off marvelously well. Uh, he was one of the things I enjoyed most about the first movie. But it's different to have somebody in a two-hour movie and try and make him interesting for 80 or 90,000 words in a book. Mm -hmm. So when I tried to get it, I get, tried to get it in his head, and I tried to give him a sense of, of honor, and he He's the guy who would get the job done no matter what. And he's honorable in his own way. He doesn't go against the uh, the tenets that he has. And he, um, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, that's the only way that I saw that we could play the character and have him be sympathetic at all, because you couldn't just make him a, a killing machine. I mean, where's the fun in that? So, so that, that, was, that was a bit of a challenge, but I think, I think we pulled it off pretty well. Indeed you did. Thank you. Uh, Darth Maul Shadowhunter is more action-oriented and straightforward storytelling compared to Battle Surge Surgeons, mm -hmm. which has a more mind-bending plot. Do you follow different writing guidelines depending on the type of story? Well, yeah. I mean, every story demands its own way of being told. Um, I think, you know, obviously we couldn't have told Battle Surgeons as a 
straight action adventure story. I suppose we could have, but it wouldn't have been the same story. Um, when I wrote Darth Maul, what I wanted to do was basically give you the movie that, that could have been made out of the book. Mm-hmm. I wrote it very cinematically, and I kept it moving, and I just I made it um, I made it an exciting action-filled movie. If, if we'd shot that book, you know, it would have just been you know a, a non-stop chase from the game to end. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to do. I mean, that's that's well, that's one thing. That's what they asked for, <laughs> and that's what I wanted to do. I mean, obviously there had to be, you know, I, I wanted there to be characterization in. I think that there was, but um, I basically was out to to give you a thrill ride in that one. In Battle Surgeon, we had a different uh, a different sort of idea going in. We wanted it to be more of a uh, more of a character study, more of a piece that that wasn't so much linear in plot. But that made you care about the characters and hope that uh, nothing bad happened to them. So it's just—it's two different writing styles. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got uh, any business doing this at all, then you're able to adapt the style to the story. You are doing some TV uh, series and, and all. Uh, probably <coughs> helped you to uh, do a better job uh, with Darth Maul Shadow Hunter, scripting it as it was an action movie. Uh, it helps, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, um, I'm, I, I think that when I need it to be, my writing can be extremely visual, very cinematic. Okay. That certainly is, is a help. Okay. Are you James Bond or an Indiana Jones fans? Because you're referring to the Kenobi and Obi-Wan Kenobi no. catchphrase in the suspense bridge scene in Shadow Hunter. Uh, were, there, were they homage, homage to those movies? No, the Kenobi... Obi Wan Kenobi, you know the catchphrase you uh, mm-hmm. you put in. <laughs> Was it some kind of reference to James Bond or something? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's you know you gotta have a little fun with things. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, I mean, everybody does. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, they don't, but everybody. Does. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I, I was asking you if you were a, a James Bond fan. Sure. And the Indiana uh, Indiana Jones fan with the suspended bridge uh, okay. scene. <laughs> okay. There you go. Uh, now we're gonna head over to Mad Star Battle Surgeons, Alrighty. the uh, first book in the duology. Uh, who had the, the idea for du- the duology on field medics came from you. Uh, you told us Wait, that no. earlier. Yeah. Yeah. It was Delray. No. Was it Delray's or yours? I'm sorry. What? The the idea on the duology on field medics uh-huh. was it basically from Delray or was it from you? No, it was Delray. Yeah. It was Delray. Okay. Yeah, I believe it was specifically Shelly Shapiro who was the editor at Delray. She just came up with the idea of doing a uh, story that was more of a mash type story simply because she wanted they wanted something to be more of a counterpart to all the action adventure stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was that was that was how it was developed. I mean, originally they said that if we wanted to, we could even do them as separate little stories, you know, collecting that book. Or we could do it as a one single story with different characters, which is what we chose to do. But we were given quite a bit of leeway on it. Nice. Yeah. Nice indeed. Since both Steve and I have written for them before. <laughs> they, they trusted us to a degree, which is nice. And, um... The concept on clones being people and having a unique personality introduced into Sesta's Deception is again pointed out in MedStar. Is this something you discussed with Stephen Barnes? Well, we had, yeah. Uh, when, I was, when I was up in Oregon, uh, Perry and I got together with Steve Barnes. 
I think, for lunch. That was when Steve was living up in Washington. Okay. And we talked a little bit about it, and uh, sort of got we got an idea of where he was heading. He got an idea of where, where we were heading, and uh, we made just it was just to make sure that we didn't step on each other's toes too much. Okay. Barnes is a Barnes is an excellent writer, and he's a real good guy, and uh, perfectly willing to work with you and stuff like this. So, so that was that was fun to do. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, you mentioned earlier you didn't you, you didn't have time or you didn't you didn't actually read any of the uh, books from the expanded universe. Did you, however, watch the Clone Wars series on Cartoon Networks? I've seen a few of them. Um, we're we're talking especially about the one where we see Barriss Afi in action. Um, no, I don't believe I did see that one. I mean, I, <laughs> I hate to admit it, but um, it was kind of hard to keep track of. They're very hard to keep track of. And uh, it's, you know, I, I really don't have time that, that much for that sort of thing because I'm usually too busy writing. There you go. Yeah. Uh, writing can be a... We had, we had a few guidelines on who her character was and what she was like. Um, and, and, and Steve read The Approaching Storm. Okay. Didn't, but he did, so we, we did have that information. That's pretty good. The next question is going to be very interesting, but I'm going to have to like introduce you a little bit to it. Um, in the New Jedi Order series, there was this mention of the fact that there is no such thing as a dark side of the Force. And uh, you explored the classic philosophy of the Force and the thin line between the light side and the dark side by confronting various off choices concerning her actions, like the martial artist Fao Ji. In Darth Maul's Shadow Hunter, there's an explanation from Palpatine that there's no such thing as a light side or dark side. And again, as I was saying earlier, in the NGO series, there was this concept that there is no dark side at all. Only dark actions using the Force. So, what do you think, who do, who do you think is right? The Jedi, the Jedi, <laughs> sorry about that. Did the Jedi, were, dis, were the Jedi destined, destined to be losers by the misunderstanding of the true concept of the Force? Um, well, I don't think there's any, uh, there's not really any discrepancy, I, I don't think. There. I mean, in Shadow Hunter, I, I believe I pointed out also that um, the Force is just the Force. It's, it's, it's how you use it. It's what, uh, what you bring to it. Um, and that's something also that we get into to uh, a much greater degree in Jedi Healer. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, there's I don't see any any, um, any conflict or anything there between the other versions of the philosophy and what we uh, what we were doing. If that's what you're asking, am, I, am I understanding the question correctly? Yeah, I think it's just uh, different uh, interpretation from different groups of people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, my my philosophy has always been that there's there's not a dark side in that. You know, if if you tr it's not like black magic. Mm -hmm. No, it's not like if you, if you do this or that, or you say these things, or you wave your hands in this particular way, it's going to turn you into a, into an evil person. Uh, it's 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 power. It's a it's amoral, mm -hmm. and what you bring to it is what uh, what you get. Cool. Okay. Um, in MedStar, you brought back the droid I five, who was introduced in Shadow Hunter. And, and who seems to have a human, some sort of human characteristics like emotions, humor, expression, etc. When you created High Five, did you inspire yourselves from Hazimov's work? Did you see the recent movie iRobot? I saw iRobot, uh, which I thought was fun. It was, it was a nice little popcorn movie. Mm -hmm. um, I can't say that 
there was these specific uh, inspiration drawn from the, um, the robot stories from uh, Asimov for the mm-hmm. creation of I-5. I just, he, he was done actually to, to fill a specific purpose. Uh, I needed a character that the main character could kind of bounce off of. And I needed someone I needed that, that, who could give us some interaction with the main character, um, Lauren Pavan, not, um, not Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. It's someone who could interact with him in such a way that we could have some humor. Okay. It's, it was, a, let's face it, it's a grim book. And we need uh, a few laughs in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I came up with the character of I-5. And I, was, I grew rather fond of him, so that's why I, we brought him back in MedStar. I mean, I made sure at the end of uh, at the end of Shadowhunter, I made sure that there was a loophole. I mean, you never actually see him get his mind wiped. That's another spoiler, guys. Sorry. <laughs> you never actually see that happen to him. He's just uh, taken off and mm-hmm. you know and told that that's what's going to happen. But he explains it in, in the book. Yeah. 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 There that didn't happen. There you go. Uh, the use of characters is very well distributed in the novel, so much that it that it's really difficult to single out to single out a main character. Who would you say is the main character in MedStar? In uh, MedStar, I'd say probably, you know, a little bit of water there. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, in MedStar 1, I'd say probably it's Joss Vandar. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Jedi Healer, it's probably, the spotlight probably shifts more over to, to Barriss. Okay. Okay. Uh, I got a little question from Danny right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you kept the identity of the double agent column who's working for the separatist and Black Sun very well hidden. I think I've narrowed it down to two characters. Did you left big clues in battle surgeons that would reveal his identity and that readers might have overlooked? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a good enough answer? Yes. <laughs> With Jedi Healer as the title of the second installment of MedStar, can we expect to see Barriss Safi taking a more important role? I think maybe you can, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Will there be any, a new important character introduced in Jedi Healer? Uh, I believe there are several new characters introduced. Several? Oh, interesting. What can you tell us about Jedi Healer? Any scoop that you can uh, just leak to us? <laughs> oh, well, let's see. Uh, um... One thing, you'll learn how to get a droid drunk. Okay. The <laughs> <laughs> um, they also have a rather interesting uh, change in the weather. Um, and uh, what else can I tell you? Um, oh, Barris basically has to make some very, very interesting choices concerning the, uh, the uh, application of the Force. Oh. Mm. A dark side temptation. Probably. It grows up in, uh, <laughs> I think, rather in uh, Jedi Healer. Okay. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some miscellaneous news, que- uh, some <laughs> <laughs> miscellaneous <laughs> questions. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. I have those two words very close together usually. <laughs> As an author, what are your comments on the expanded universe versus the official story of the movies? What would you say to fans that deny the expanded universe because it's not written by George Lucas? Well, I would think that they're denying themselves a lot of fun and a lot of interesting and well-told stories. Um, I think it's, it's... I would think it's, it's kind of a narrow narrow mindset to just say that it's the movies and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, but it obviously it depends on what you want. 
um, if, uh, if the stories in the expanded universe, you know, aren't your particular cup of tea, then that's, uh, that's the way it goes. But I think there's a lot of really good stories that have been told in the, in the books, in the comics, uh, you know, in the, uh, I'm sure even in the cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mean to say that, you know, disparagingly. Uh, the cartoons are just as good as a you know, way to tell stuff as the rest of them. Um, so I think it's, uh, I think it's a rich field to go exploring in. Cool. Okay. With the New Jedi Order and now the Clone Wars series, uh, we see more and more death, more graphic violence than in the Bantam novels. How would you explain this new age of darker storytelling from Star Wars author? Well, I think for one thing, you look at the the new movies; they're uh, they're considerably darker. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it's it's sort of it's sort of the zeitgeist of the of today. Um, let's face it; you know, this is a, this is kind of a darker time all around mm-hmm. than it was when the movies first came out. And I think uh, the books and the stories reflect that, for better or for worse. I mean, I'm not going to make any value judgments. Mm-hmm. I've always been prone to tell rather a dark story myself, so but you know that that sort of fits right in with where I go with my stuff. Okay. Uh, we've got some questions right now that we call ITQ questions, the implant throbbing questions. The Lucasfilm implant. <laughs> and they're about your future Star Wars books. <laughs> okay. Uh, we know that you will be writing three new Star Wars novels coming out respectively on May 2006, May 2007, and May 2008. Mm-hmm. We also know that the first is called Coruscant Nights. Actually, they're all three called oh, Coruscant. Okay, it's a series. All three of them. Okay. Okay. Yes, well, it's not a series. It's a series of three books that are, each one is a self-contained story. There are elements that are brought over, you know, from one to the other, and they have continuing characters in them. Okay. So Coruscant Nights, yes, is kind of an umbrella title. Okay. And each of the books will have a, a specific title, which we haven't really decided upon yet. Okay. Uh, can we expect to see the my favorite character, uh, Dan Durs, the journalist? Maybe. If he survives, <laughs> all <laughs> No, no, I mean, yeah. yeah. Possibly, possibly not. Okay. Uh, you, you haven't even read the second Midstar book, so you don't know what happens. Yeah, there, so. if he survives, yeah. <laughs> Okay. okay. How many years or months after Episode 3 will those story take place? Um, rather quickly afterwards. Uh, it takes place during the first year or so, immediately after Episode 3. Okay. Yeah, it's, 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 it's during the interregnum between the, uh, you know, during the shift of power <coughs> from the um, em- Republic to the Empire. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Any known characters, movies, and or expanded universe scheduled to appear in those three books? Once again, uh, <laughs> I, am, I am bound by you, so... That's okay. <laughs> so uh, the next question is also uh, kind of... Well, we can ask uh, anyway, you know, will we see Darth Vader in action? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, and say that if, if Vader is in anything like that, you'll probably see him in action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not a quiet kind of guy. <laughs> uh, we're going to move on to our fan questions from the email and the chat. Okay. Uh, going first to the emails. Any comments on the prequel movies up to now, and what's your expectations for Episode Three? Uh, well, I think you know up till now they've been they've been pretty spectacular. I mean, yeah, there's, there's there was stuff in 
Attack of the Clones that I, I think I've never seen in a movie before that. And um, I have to admit, my, my jaw was on the floor during the last half hour or so of that movie. Uh, I was, it was just in terms of sheer spectacles, it was pretty impressive. And I think episode three is going to be, I mean, it's definitely got, it's got to be the darkest of the three. I mean, there's an awful lot there that's got to be accomplished in the um, in the two hours or so that, that they've got. And uh, I think it probably won't be dull, probably won't be, it'll certainly move along. So that's, uh, then that's really about all I can say. I don't know any more about it than you guys do for the most part. Okay. Um... And one question that we got from the chat from Ander, um, how was it like to write for the Batman series? Oh, it was great. It was, it was marvelous fun. Again, that's, that's an example of when you get to, to come in and do your own spin on a character who's been around for 60, 70 years and you know, is a part of the culture. I mean, it was, it's just great to do. It's just a lot of fun to do. Uh, I had a great deal of fun doing it, and... Uh, you know, I'd do it again in a second. In fact, I did do it again in a second when they asked me to do the Batwoman movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, something I just jumped at. Okay. But, no, I'm, I'm very happy with the sh with the uh, animated series with the way it turned out. I think it's uh, it was uh, a lot of fun. Cool. Uh, are you a Batman fan yourself? Oh yeah. <laughs> and then I don't think I would have gotten the job. <laughs> but yeah, of course. I mean, he's one of my favorite characters. What do you like so much about him? Uh well, about the same things that everybody else likes about him. The fact that he's uh, he's a superhero who's not really super, but just somebody who just worked very, very hard to become what he felt he had to be. Um, okay. I like I like the uh, the character elements of him. The fact that he's driven. The fact that uh, you know he has this mission and everything. Because it's really hard to go wrong writing a character like that. I mean, it's uh, it's very there's a lot of meat there to get into. <laughs> One of the things that was really nice about having the character in uh, in the in the stories was that it sort of gave us license to do any kind of stories we wanted to. I mean, you know, you have a, like a, if you do a story like Star Trek or something like that, you can do a western, but you kind of have to make it a special case. It has to be done on the holodeck or something like that. Mm -hmm. In Batman, we could just we could do westerns, which we did. We could do mysteries, do science fiction, horror, um, police drama pretty much anything we want to. I mean, it just all worked out fine because you had the guy in the cape and the cowl there and he made it all fit. It's kind of hard to describe, but it's, it gives you a great deal of freedom to, to do stories that are, that are interesting to tell. Okay. How different was it writing for The Mask of the Phantasm uh, than it was from the series? Well, it was, it was bigger. We had a bigger canvas and uh, we also had a lot more freedom in terms of the type of story we could tell. Um, uh, for, for obvious reasons, there were restrictions put on some of the stories by uh, the network's standards and practices people, you know, which is their job to do. And um, so we had, uh, when we told the stories in, in the television series, we had to sort of try and work around those as best we could. For example, the Joker really never could kill anyone in the TV show, but he sure as hell did in the movie. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Zeltic from the from the chat room is asking, would you consider writing episodes for a possible Star Wars TV series? Um, yeah, if they ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly would be interested. I certainly, well, let's put it this way, I wouldn't say no without hearing them out. Of course. Um, 
do you have uh, what do you think of the episode 3 title thus far Revenge of the Sith that's fine with me I think it's I think it's a good title I think it fits right in with um, with all the others I mean let's 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 try and keep in mind what, what this this whole thing started from you know this, this whole thing started as like the biggest republic serial ever ever made and uh, you know you're talking about a talking about a movie company that put out you know serials with, with titles like you know The Purple Menace Strikes and uh, uh, Armies of the Stratosphere I mean so you know with, with names like that I mean I think something like The Revenge of the Sith fits right in also it resonates nicely with The Return of the Jedi so yeah Mm-hmm. How much of a Star Wars fan were you before writing a Star Wars novel, and how much of a Star Wars fan are you now? Oh, I'd say as far as being a fan goes, I'm probably about the same level that I was. Um, I guess the difference now is that I'm a fan that makes money at it, <laughs> which, is, uh, which is always nice. Uh, it's nice when your work is your hobby. Um, but I'm, I'm still... Uh, I'm still excited about the the whole concept of it, and I'm looking forward to seeing the third movie. Okay. Yeah. Uh, beside those new post-Episode 3 novel, what other projects are you working on or planning to work on in the future? Yeah. Well, you mean Star Wars and non-Star Wars? Star Wars and non-Star Wars. Well, the three novels are the only Star Wars things I have going right now. Okay. Um, I have... I have a novel of my own for Del Rey that one of these days I really must finish. Um, and, um, oh, God, let's see. Uh, another friend of mine whom I'm writing with, Steve Altman. I tend to collaborate with people named Steve. It's, it's, a, it's a sad thing. Don't ask me why. <laughs> uh, but um, he and I have a graphic novel coming out next year from Dark Horse, which um, may or may not be uh, picked up as a feature. Uh, I think I'm, it looks like I'm doing a comic book series for Top Cow Comics. Okay. Um, I have, um, I'm attached to a, uh, to an animated TV series that, uh, it looks like it'll go, uh, in the, this fall, and I'll be a writer-producer on that if it does. So there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, You're also I'll be writing, along with Steve Altman, we'll be writing three Batman novels for DC Comics and Del Rey. You're a pretty busy guy. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, what can I tell you? I gotta feed the family. Yeah, work is good. Work, work is good. It's good to have work. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you'd like to promote to, uh, by the means of Star Wars Sound Direct right now? Your website uh, made uh, any upcoming books that you have in the coming months? Well, yeah, you can check out my website, which. Not surprisingly, uh, www.michaelreeves.com. Mm-hmm. And there's a pretty complete listing of everything that I'm doing there. Uh, I think the site is not totally complete yet, but it will be soon. And uh, that's, uh, that pretty much tells you everything I'm working on at the, uh, at the moment. So. Okay. Okay. Right. Well, Michael, I guess I just have one last thing to say. It's thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, hopefully we can have you back on the show to talk about your next Star Wars novels when they be coming out. Uh, of course, you have to t- say hi to Steve for us. And uh, we will see him this fall to talk about MedStar 2, Jedi Healer. Uh, but before we leave, mm-hmm. uh, we have to do one last thing. Oh. The Star Wars on Direct liner. Okay. 
All you have to do is just say, Hi, this is Michael Reeve, author, well, co-author of MedStar 1 and uh, blah, blah, blah. And say, uh, you're on Star Wars, on, you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. I think so I can handle it. So you, you can go anytime. Okay. Hello, this is Michael Reeves, the co-author of MedStar and MedStar 2. And you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. That's good. That's very good. Maybe do one with Shadow Hunter. Sure. Yeah. Hello, this is Michael Reeves. I'm the author of Shadow Hunter, the Darth Maul novel from Star Wars, and you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. Thank you very much. Oh yeah, you're welcome. Stay on the uh, stay on the line. Uh. Let's let's do a Mad Star again, just to make sure, just for safekeeping. Okay. Do what now? Uh, redo the, uh, the the Mad Star liner. Okay. Hello, this is Michael Reeves, the co-author of the Mad Star duology. And you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. That, that is, that's just perfect. Thank you very much. Cool. Uh, stay on the line with us. Right now we're going to go to a short musical break on Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. We will be listening to Jugs Because by Jane's Addiction. And we'll be right back with our secondary subject. So stay with us, folks. We'll be right back to Star Wars on Direct.
Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by our team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. So we're back on Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star oh, Wars hi. fandom. And <laughs> that was Steve Sansweet saying we, you were listening to Star Wars on Direct. But you're not. <laughs> so but you are. They're not. No. They're, you know there's no such thing as the internet, right? It's just like a government plot. Sure. And we're using it. And we're using it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Okay. It's because your theories make so much sense. We we have like we t- we actually talked about my crazy theories during the pre-show today. Today. Oh boy! Did you? Did someone die? No, no. Did someone kill themselves? No. Please no. No, no, no. no. Did someone develop smallpox? Not yet. That we can tell. Okay. Good. But <laughs> did the ocean boil? Uh, no, not either. Okay, uh, I'll jump over the review. Well, j- gonna jump over. Well, what did you think of the book? Because yeah, you're the only one yeah. who read it. So. Yeah, I I liked it. It's it's different, you know. Uh, that means it sucks. No, <laughs> no, no, it no, no sucks. It's it's different because it's not part of the battle. It's like on the side of the battle, which is cool. Yeah, you see clones coming into the operating room and the. They're, they're operating Cutting them up yeah. What if they What if they can't make it though Do they just kill them No They, 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 they try to save them As if they were uh, Like you and me mm. But uh, the, the, the thing That is cool Is that they're, they're From all the same person So Organs are interchangeable So if One dies They can Salvage the yeah, Salvage the organs Cut off his arm Quick Cut off his arm <laughs> You know, and, and touch it through the other one, you know. But uh, not so much for the Jedi. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> there you, you know? go. So uh, and you got uh, uh, Barris who's coming in uh, for her trials. Let's see, because she she's without her her master uh, unduly. Mm-hmm. Luminara. Yeah, that's it. And uh, she confronts by she. Uh, how can I say this? She confronts. A guy who, who is a, a martial artist, and he yes, he, he works for the, the the republic, but he's kind of killing the enemy for his own pleasure, you know, with his hand, you know, killing uh, innocent people, you know. He's killing for sport. Yeah, for sport. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> there goes the webcam. He's killing, he, he's killing for sport. So, uh, Barris uh, gets aware of this, and. She, she wants to kick his ass, you know, but she, she, she because she could kick his ass uh, by using the force, but mm. she won't. 
because it's dark side, you know. Uh, there's uh, uh, a great character. It's my favorite of the uh, of the book. It's the uh, a journalist, a little Celestian. Celestian? How do you say that? the uh, Celestian? The Celestian? Yeah. Yeah. A, a, a small reporter. There's some. There, the real reason why there's a war on the uh, on the planet, it's because there's a plant, a, a medicinal plant. Okay. Okay, and both side wa wants it. You know, the separatists wants it. Ah, uh, why do they want it? They just got robots. Yeah, but what what they basically don't tell you no, in the book? You can sell it. You know. Is that this medicinal plant is used to make dead sticks? <laughs> no. <laughs> Probably the English photogropium. Okay. Uh, and you got the uh, admiral of the fleet, uh, the mm -hmm. Republic fleet, who is with uh, a hut on the surface of, of the planet, oh who, is, who is doing black market, and you got Blackson in there. Uh, the yeah, and Blackson, you know, the, the, the admiral is trying to get around Blackson, and you get a Blackson agent killed, and you, cool. you can imagine. There's a lot of mess. mess yeah, up. it's like. The question I is it spice or death or death sticks? Neither. It's for the, the plant sure. itself. No, Nobody want medicine is a big business, big business, but drugs is bigger. No, for the republic is it's uh, it would be a, a big business. This plant. The British Empire fought over opium when it was illegal in their in their home country. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> that's what they say in the book. Yeah, that's it. Wait, that's well, that MedStar one. Yeah, yeah that's Med it. Star one. We'll just wait for MedStar two to come out. But basically, so well, far, basically the admiral is putting because as soon as uh, uh, as you uh, take get out. it from the ground, uh, it it got a really short li uh, life lifespan. So yeah, that's it. So uh, the admiral case it in carbonite and Smart. send it and it send it uh, on the black market that way. Okay. Why is he sending it on the black market? Uh, but not, not the black market, but the uh, he's selling it for for himself, I think. Oh boy! Yeah, he's cool. smuggling it. Yeah, he's smuggling it. Or Basically, this is like a band, br a band of brothers of Star Wars book so far, because all of the action is like away and no, into the battle. Like uh, Michael said, it's a mash. It's like mash. Yeah. The, the you know the TV, the old TV series, uh, but it's not a com a comedy. Ben well, of, ben of that movie wasn't a comedy. Band of Brother okay, wasn't no, a comedy. No, but the, 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 the series match. Yeah. Okay. That was a, a comedy. Yeah. Like oh, okay. There's some jokes in there, yes, and love and a love story, and you got, you know, and the little solution, the journalist who invets, investigate this. He's the only one who knows about, you know, the admiral, the Blackson uh, agent, and everything. But the thing is, is that there's a, sp a double agent on there who's working for the separatist and he's working for Black Sun. Good stuff. And Honest people. Yeah, and uh, we, uh, we read him narrating some parts in the mm -hmm. books and he's describing it around himself and you see he, he's uh, mentioning the character. So we know it's... Uh, Let's say a, a, a person who is in the operating room, but ooh, we don't know which one is it. The, ah. You know, it's it's cool. And w after the the end of the first book, we don't know who, who it is. 
there are some people who, uh, who dies during the book so we narrow it down to some less people you know but uh, no I don't think so it's not Barris no I don't know <laughs> why would she be a, a double agent it'd be cool yeah but <laughs> it would be funny it would be unpredictable oh, that's, that's for sure but a, a big job for the Lucas licensing to <laughs> change every book it's in episode 3 Yeah, yeah. So that's basically it's it's a good book. I can't wait for the second one to see who is who is the uh, double agent. I I have it down to two person. I think. Uh, I think the uh, no. I won't say it. I won't say it. Brian doesn't want me to say it. So read the book. Don't say it. There you go. Okay. Right now we're actually going to listen to uh, a little something. What? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> from our okay. friends at Comic-Con. And uh, we're giving you basically an audio feed from an hyperspace video. So you're not going to see the images. It's not the same. It's, it's, not, it's, it's basically not the same, but we'll explain like most of the images you're not going to see afterward. But Listen to it carefully. Listen to it carefully, and uh, everything should be fine. Yep, there's, so, so, there's no spoilers, just fun information. So that's, it. that's what you missed at Comic Con. forward to seeing the films on DVD? Well, actually, yes. I like to show them to my daughter because I like to tell her when the iron bikini thing comes on that she's getting that body. I want her to get enthusiastic. <laughs> I know you've talked about this before. There's a lot of Princess Leia merchandise out there. Do you have any Princess Leia merchandise that old stuff? Uh, or well, I that? always liked the shampoo where you twist my head off and pour liquid out of my neck. <laughs> um, that's very Freudian. Mr. Hayden Christensen. Whoa, baby. Tell us your experience when you actually donned the helmet for the very first time. How'd you feel? And did you take it home? No, you did not take it at all. Unfortunately, I didn't get to keep keep the costume. I don't know. We're still going to talk about that, hopefully. But uh, we won't was, talk about it much. But yeah. we'll, we'll talk about it. it was overwhelming. I mean, uh, you know, that's always sort of been the explanation mark in the back of my head throughout this entire process of making the past two films was getting to you know put on the dark helm and. Uh, And get all done up as Vader. It was it was orgasmic. I you know it was it was too much. Over here. Oh, that's frightening. That's a good look. You. Woo. 
how long did you train with uh, Nick Gillard and Ewan for the duel? You know, how long did it take to get it all together? The, the fight sequences, uh, especially the Obi-Wan fight, was very involved. But it was, you know, that's, that's, that's the fun for me is getting to, you know, get out there with Ewan and Nick and, and try to figure out what we're going to do and make the moves look as cool as possible. And, you know, Nick has such a distinct vision of, of how the fights look and how each move affects the next. And, uh, and it's a dance. And he, uh, it's an art for him that Ewan and I are very respectful of and really want to do it as, as much justice as possible. But uh, I can't wait to see those. That's what I'm, you know, I'm going to be the first at the theater as well to go check out those fights. Thank you. Hey, Rick, what are you doing in the uh, in the pickup shooting? Can you tell us? No, I can't. But I, <laughs> in general, yeah, we're doing some additional scenes, uh, about two, just over a little bit, uh, over two weeks worth of work uh, with all the actors, uh, three or four new, very exciting scenes. Hayden doesn't have to redo the fight. Negative. Yes, my question was if Count Dooku will be back, and more importantly, will his voluptuously curved lightsaber return with him? Yes, I can definitely say yes. Thank you. As an actor, how do you get into the Darth Vader role? Is there music you listen to? Do you rock out to a particular band? How do you, how do you channel that? Um, honestly, most of it's in the costume. <clears throat> you know, putting on the outfit every morning, it's so full on that, you know, you can't really leave yourself as anything else but Anakin or, or Darth Vader. But, you know, wearing the cloak with the hood, you feel like a badass. And this time, George tells us he's going to keep revenge in the title. At last, we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last, we will have revenge. The Sith are the arch enemies of the Jedi. And for a long time, they ruled the universe until the Jedi came along and uh, got rid of them. What if I told you that the Republic was now under the control of the Dark Lord of the Sith? The Sith characters in the previous Star Wars have been Darth Vader. The other apprentices are Darth Maul, who was in uh, Episode 1, and uh, in Episode 2 and 3, it's Count Dooku, who is Darth Tyrannus. The evil master Sith in all of them is Darth Sidious, who becomes the Emperor of the Universe. In time, you will call me Master. And we're back on Star Wars under the voice of Star Wars fandom. So that was basically the highlights of Comic-Con. It's a video available on the hyperspace service of the StarWars.com website. Of course, subscribe. It's $39.95 American, and it's a very worded material uh, up there. And if you want to see the video and see the nice uh, little people talking and all the nice little animation as well as the title reveal video for Revenge of the Sith, uh, you can just like go to starwars.com slash hyperspace and uh, register.
to become a fan with a red fan name. club. Fan club member. A fan club member with a fan with a red name in the Star Wars official community boards. Clap, clap. Ooh. <laughs> official boards. This is the shadow feed. <laughs> Racist. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. We'll be back on that subject later this year. <laughs> Um, if we're not shut down. <laughs> if we're not shut down. <laughs> no, yeah. Not gonna happen. Okay, the guy who asked about if Count Dooku was gonna be in episode 3, Ice and Strong were harsh words to say about him. Don't. I, pay attention. Yeah. For one, Count Dooku, okay, he was in episode 2, he didn't die, so that means he's still alive. And then he was in all the, he was in the Clone Wars TV show, and then he's in the books, and then Christopher Lee's cast in the movie um, so no he will not be in episode 3 we'll just leave a plot hole the size of Kansas <laughs> why not why <laughs> not it, it, it's just Star Wars <laughs> you know some people on South Park once said there's no such thing as, so stu- as stupid so what did questions. we hear what did we hear we, at the start it was uh, Carrie Fisher at the beginning it was Carrie Fisher Aiden. Aiden. Aiden and Rick, Rick McCollum. And after that, we uh, heard screams and everything. We heard, we heard some music and then screaming. That was basically what happened at the title reveal, which is exactly what I said last show. <laughs> this is exactly what happened. I was so happy to see this. And you saw uh, Steve Sensweet stripping down to his t shirt. Yeah, of Revenge of the Wild man, Steve Sensweet. <laughs> That's basically it. After that, you see uh, George in his couch talking about uh, the Sith and uh, in the each Sith characters in the the etol- no not etology exology. How do you say that in, in English? Exology. Exology. Okay. It's just not used yet often. <laughs> <laughs> saga. Saga. Okay. The Star Wars saga. There you go. Sounds smoother. Yeah. Um. Anything new to talk about, guys? It, it's Blank? Well, you have two uh, other movies to review? We do have two other movies to review. We went to see Harold... And, well, I actually I went to see Born Supremacy, uh, who starred work from Pablo Heldman, who's the, one of the lead uh, digital, digital guys from ILM. And uh, he's... Uh, He's a, he actually did some special effects on The Born Supremacy, starring, uh, starring Matt Damon, again, and a new girl <laughs> at the beginning of the movie. I think she didn't want to come back because her role was not so long. <laughs> but uh, Born Supremacy is a really good sequel to The Born Identity. I highly suggest that people go see it because it's packed with action. It has the best car chase ever. I thought best. Bad Boys 2 had that. No, no. I haven't, se- I haven't seen Bad Boy 2. There's no car chase right now in Hollywood that can actually top that chase. Seriously. Okay. Y- you have to see it to believe it, but it, it's constantly moving. That's one of the downside of the movie, though, that it's constantly moving. It's almost a hand-on movie. So... Held hand? Uh, Hand-on. Uh, okay. Camera on hand. Okay. Held... Handheld camera. Handheld camera. There you go. And uh, I'm not the stu- I'm not the movie uh, student. You are English, though. <laughs> Do you speak it? 
I speak it, I write it, I read it. Yeah. So. I refrain the first part. There you go. <laughs> uh, there are no stupid questions. I won't finish that. First. Ask a stupid question, get a stupid answer. There you go. Or don't get an answer at all. <laughs> Basically, um, the born the born supremacy is the story of Jason Bourne, who uh, who just happens to come back on the map of the CIA from the, for the Treadstone Project, and uh, he decides to take his revenge because they just kill his the love the, the love of, of his life. So. That sounded so much like Stargate. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Stargate? I, I don't yeah. watch Stargate. Who kills it? Who? No, no. Love a, of a, so, uh, some movie. The, the music in the background sounded like Stargate. But no, basically... Uh, you lost it. Carl Carl Urban plays the bad guy in this movie, in, in The Born Supremacy. And it was really good. What? My my the, my brain cells fly all fly away all the time. Yeah. Your, bla- bla- your brain is exploded and it's getting... Everywhere, <laughs> and it's contagious. It's Especially in the bathroom, <laughs> it's all over the place. No, uh, Born Versus is a really good movie. Uh, if you, <laughs> it's really good. Okay, we're going to see AVP on Thursday. That's going to be a good. Yes, thing. we are. It's going to be really fun, and we're going to review it at the next. I got show. rid of all my tickets except for one. What do you mean you got rid of all your tickets except for one? I'm not like giving you tickets to give away. I'm telling you, you have that much tickets. That's all. I know. But don't like, if you have one left, you tell me. I do. Okay. I think so. I'm not there sure. The tickets <laughs> left is for himself. No. No? <laughs> okay. okay. Um, we okay. Went also went to see Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. What yes. the hell is that? It's a movie where two guys get exactly what they want. Yes. They want to go to White Castle. Which is White Castle? It's, it's is like it's like a Belle Provence. Okay. Here. Yeah. Okay. Belle Provence. A junk Quebec. food restaurant. A junk food. You know. It's like better Counter, than a Mickey yeah. It's yeah. It's 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 like a Mickey but better. Mm. It's arguable. How do you want? <laughs> yeah, but how do you want? small little hamburgers, them? and you eat like six of them. Yeah, but in the movie they eat like thirty of them. Because they're hungry. <laughs> because they're, they got the munchies. <laughs> what the hell is the story? They go okay. to fast food and that's it? Well, yeah, but they also need Neil Patrick Harris, who's Dr. tripping Dougie? out on 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 uh, ecstasy. Or something like that. Or something like that, and he steals their car. Okay. And it's then they, they steal a car, and then they lose that car, and then they ride a cheetah. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is all while this and then they get then they get sent to jail um they get out of jail they get out of jail <laughs> it's it's all and they ride a, a delta plane it's all mixed uh it's all mixed stories that are just, they just on just their funny. way to white castle and you don't have to be doped to go see this movie it's pretty funny it's it's a movie about like dope kids. If you re- if you remember the Van Wilder movies and the Euro Trip and the Road Trip and old schools, I'd put them. I'd put this movie in the same vein, in the same pool. You know, vein, vein. Okay, that's the expression. The vein commands me. Invaders in them. You have to okay. see it. Okay, it's not on in Canada. 
No, I know. What? Invader Zim. The green little alien. Alien. See, exactly. That's Danny doesn't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know anything. No, you you do know things, but you don't know about this, okay. which is okay. My but head is elsewhere. I don't know. And uh, would you recommend people to actually go see it on the big screen? I saw it twice. On the big screen. Yeah. I think uh, I think it's safe to say, people, you should go see it on the big screen because I enjoyed it. It's totally worth it. I like at the end though. With the two shots. Oh they yes. They do that next to each other. That was cool. In the end, I think I think people, you can like sit down and just like wait for the next Euro trip to come around, probably two years from now or something like that. No, no. it's Harolding Kumar. Go to Amsterdam. There you go. <laughs> and for those of you wondering, well, it's like a Chicha Chung and Chicha Chung, but yeah, uh, yeah. And it's an Indian nowadays? guy and an Asian guy. Okay. You you know what's legal in Amsterdam though. It's not legal, though. I know. It's not legal. It's tolerated. It's tolerated. Oh. It's like it will be eventually but in, in the Canada. But in the movie, though, they say. No, it's, it's never In the States, they think it's legal. It's not. It's like, that's, that's how much politicians have nothing to do in Canada. They, they still discuss legalization of marijuana. Decriminalization. Yeah. Stop, stop discussing it. Just make it happen. Anything else to discuss? <laughs> Uh, something Star Wars. What came something out? In the, what, what more did you had in your uh, miscellaneous news from Star Wars? Well, Gentle I, mean, I wanted to talk about the Return of the Jedi DVDs, but I didn't get a chance. Okay. So now I'm going to talk about the changes there that go. were okay. made in the now, movies. Do we it. saw some. So we've seen some in A New Hope. There are some changes. Like Jabba's been redone. Okay. At last, At he's last. not all shiny and <laughs> no, he looks different. <laughs> You can see the pictures on if you go to Millennium Falcon. I'm going to be saying that a lot. Slow down. Go to Millennium Falcon to see the pictures. Look through the threads. There are like six, seven, eight of them. <laughs> We've, uh, the Millennium Falcon's been having so much trouble with the bandwidth and stuff. Um, there are pictures up there. There are audio clips of Tamara Morrison's voice there. The They modified what the Emperor says mm-hmm. in it, in the... Um, I don't have the clip. Uh, I could have. Uh, they modify uh, what Vader says. Um, what else? And that's that's it for Empire. For Return of the Jedi, they have um, what they've done is they've changed. Continue. Yeah. Okay. Um, they at the end they've. Added Hayden in instead of it being Sebastian Shaw, it's Hayden Christensen. Oh, okay. And then they've added Naboo to the celebration. The logic behind uh, Hayden being added is, according to George, mm-hmm. is that Hayden or Anakin reverts to his to his original identity. Before the last time, the last time he was uh, a Jedi. Before last time he was alive. Okay. Because he dies as Anakin, mm-hmm. and is and becomes Darth Vader. But when he die, when Darth Vader dies, Anakin learns through Obi Wan and Yoda how to become how to become one with the Force and retain oneself. Okay. And that's how after? George explains. Yes, after he dies. He learns as a ghost. No, he learns through Obi-Wan and Yoda how to become 
one with the force yet retain one's identity. Okay. <laughs> I I can't wait to see it uh, in the movie how they explain that. It's interesting. Yeah. What? Okay, Sebastian, don't you have something to say? I saw the Return of the Jedi changes. They're fairly well made, if you ask me. But honestly, I'm not too sure. You know, it's like it's not too bad. Okay. I'm not sure. You know, it's, uh, they're good. Uh, do I agree with them? Well, most of them. I'd like to see Aiden Christensen's name at the end of Return of the Jedi. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen anyway, but it, it should have been made. Uh, what else to say? It's kind of hard to discuss this. Discuss what? Oh, I could actually throw in a crazy theory right now. Go. Star Wars Episode 3 poster. It's going to be made with parts of one of Lucas licensing um, header and other parts from one of the posters they used for the promotion of Episode 3 at Comic-Con. And there you go. It was Stevie. Yeah, we're, we're gonna, I'm, I'm hoping or betting that we're going to see Chewbacca on there. Of course, there's going to be the Emperor, well, as Darth no, Sidious. No, 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 no. And uh, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't. Because do I'm broadcasting. You don't want to start an, another software. <laughs> I hope everything's still okay. Yeah, everything's still okay. Otherwise, there would have been a glitch in the software, and there wasn't. There was no glitch in the Matrix. Now we're trying to da download the uh, the audio changes. Those are the commentaries. Yeah. You can also find the commentaries. I'm in an Falcon. Yes. On an F. Wow. And you were telling me that Millennium Falcon is now like number one in terms of episode three. According Leaks. to Yahoo. Yeah, according to Yahoo. Wow. For uh, new stuff about. Exclusive stuff. Well, it's mostly movie news. Okay. You know, makes sense. Millennium Falcon, point two past my speed, light speed. Yeah. Just like makes sense. Faster than hyperspace. We're actually running out of topics to discuss. It's it's kind of tempting to mention something that someone did somewhere, where this somewhere is the official boards. And this someone is one of their moderators. <laughs> no, do you know it's actually prohibited to uh, post in different languages than English? Really? Yes. It is. Wow. We've just found that out this week. Now, Francais, it's against the law. And it's it, it was actually a Spanish guy who got, like, hit on the head. Hey, we should send the tongue police after them. <laughs> <laughs> Le fils de la langue française. Ooh, that would be... Oh, my God. They would so have a case. <laughs> they would? Oh, yeah. Oh, trust me. Because if you can't post in French... It goes against my right as a Exactly. No, it's not... Okay, it's an English board. That That's okay to post in English. But, but, the, the, but the, then you'd have to have yeah. a French board. Yeah, but the uh, the way the moderator reacted... That's another thing. Yes. Check for the Nazi mod. <coughs> <laughs> Don't cough too close to the microphone because you're going to make a make her speaker blow. Um, yeah. So people out there, if you're like 
if you speak a different language, don't post on the official board. You might just get like banned, crashed. Yeah, and banned too. Well, actually, like banned for vaca- uh, vacation, three to ten days. Three to ten days. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's just read the freaking post. It it really doesn't make any sense. But I'm gonna I'm actually gonna read like both posts. Because it's I just like I cannot believe this. There's a lot of thing that happens on the official boards, but you know. How about, how about we go into the um, audio commentaries yes. right now? So you got uh, uh, our and back. Something. You got Jabba. You got uh, Carry Blockade. Then you got the end of uh, Return, of the, Return Jedi. of the Jedi. So here we go. I always like the moment in this scene where an asteroid hits one of the Star Destroyers and then when we go to the briefing with Darth Vader, one of the guys gets killed. The image flickers off. The Nazis are you know, basically the same costumes that we used in the first film. And they're designed to be very authoritarian and very military very empire-like. You'll see as time goes on, they don't really appear in the movie about the Republic, which is the first three movies. You don't have that same kind of militaristic look because in the first three films, the Jedi are the ones who keep peace in the universe, not the military. The most critical job that any sound designer can have is the selection of the right sound at the right moment. You don't just put in every sound that you might possibly justify at a given moment in the movie. The ear couldn't sort them all out. You have to be very selective and pick just the right things and orchestrate them at just the right moment. And it's often dictated, just as it is in music, by convention and by the history that preceded it as to what you do. In Star Wars, many things in it are sort of derived from science fiction movies of the past, things that came out of the Flash Gordon serials or Forbidden Planet or movies that I loved as a kid growing up. The recordings done at Ken Strickfeden's laboratory really ended up being used all over the place in Empire Strikes Back and in subsequent Star Wars films. That is, the recordings I made of the old Frankenstein props made back in the 1930s, which belonged to their inventor, Ken Strickfadden. It was actually on this film that I met him. I went to his home and recorded all of those devices, and it was a tremendous array of unusual electrical sounds. Some of it was used, well, just here and there. R2-D2 wants to know what's going on inside, so he gets up on his tippy toes. We had to do a special rig to make that happen. I said I wanted to get up on his tippy toes. So they worked all night and they made him get up on his tippy toes. <laughs> this scene was shot, and then when I started cutting the film, I realized that I mean, it was shot with, a, uh, with an actor there with the idea that I would make a stop motion creature to put there. And when push came to shove and ILM was way behind and we were having lots of problems, I realized I didn't need this scene. It wasn't telling the story of this particular movie. It was really in there for the movies later on when Han Solo gets kidnapped. Uh, But if I never made those movies, then 
it wasn't necessary. And obviously, when push came to shove, between the difficulty of actually creating a stop-motion creature and the time and money it would take to do it, I just cut the scene out of the movie. But I always wanted it back. And then once I started making the other movies, I desperately wanted it back because it's the introduction of Jabba the Hutt, who becomes a central character later on. So that was the advantage of the special edition to get this put back into the movie. It also introduced Boba Fett, who also becomes a character later on. I thought I was doing a little cool movie. I didn't really want to be an actress, but I read the script with a friend of mine who's an actor, Miguel Ferrer, and we read it out loud, and we both wanted to play Han Solo. We read it out loud and thought, how is he going to do this? How is he going to make it look like what it says? Because it was all there in the script, and we read it out loud and thought, nobody's ever done this before. Not that I was in the habit of reading scripts out loud, but this begged to be kind of read out loud. And I couldn't be Han Solo, so the one part I could be was Princess Leia. One of the things about casting this movie was that in Princess Leia, I was looking for somebody who was young, you know, 19, same age as what Luke was supposed to be. This little scene where he burns his father's body, it, it wasn't originally in the script. But I decided to gain more closure in terms of Luke's relationship to his father and letting go of his father. And even though later on, as we get to the end of the movie, as he joins the Force, he is able to retain his original identity. It's because of Obi-Wan and Yoda who learned how to do that, how to join the Force at will and then retain your identity. But it was his identity as he was when he died. Skywalker. These fireworks were actually shot up here at uh, Northern California. We rented uh, the firework company to do it and shot a whole bunch of them one night. That was a lot of fun. Boy, all the stuff you always wanted to see, you could just ask them to do it. And they'd shoot it up, and we had a couple of cameras shooting at various speeds and everything to get them and put them into the shots. That was really cute. I think the people uh, driving by in the freeway enjoyed it also. So massive crowds here that are pretty spectacular, as you see, is, you know, it just really led the way to these movies where you see huge amounts of people doing stuff, huge amounts of characters and scenes. The scale's way, way bigger than anybody had been imagining before. The, the uh, Ewoks were shot big in the frame and then projected from behind with a little projector onto a little screen, maybe three or four inches wide, and a painting painted on glass. And wherever you wanted to see Ewoks, you scraped the painting away and projected in the film of the Ewoks that had been shot. And, you know, with a few of those holes and the Ewoks in the shots and a few other ones for flames, projecting in flames, you end up with a scene that looks like, you know, you're in a forest looking at a... It's a bunch of Ewoks and, you know, with torches, and it's all a big old fake. Pretty neat looking. Since the original Jedi, we've added Coruscant 
the emperor, you know, down with the emperor, and all the people toppling statues and things. Uh, we've added Nabu, which is uh, Padme's home, and we've added uh, Besbin, which was Sky City. The idea being relating, uh, you know, intergalactic sort of celebration, reviewing all the places that we had been. Star Wars is one of those things that happens to you in life that you don't expect, but it ended up taking over my life, and I ended up, you know, spending the next 30 years making these films. I mean, I love the films, but it's quite a bit of commitment to your life, I'll tell you, when you get down to the day-to-day struggle. <laughs> And we're back on Star Wars Under the Voice of Star Wars Fandom. So, what did you think of the audio commentary so far, Sebastian, from what you've heard? It's really, really interesting. I cannot wait to finally, like, sit in front of movies and, like, just go to George's commentary, Rick's commentaries. It's going to be cool, whoever has. Hopefully there will be some Nick Gillard commentary on the fight scenes. No. For episode three? I don't know. That would be nice. For episode three, maybe, but not for... uh, the classic trilogy. Not, Not for the classic trilogy. It wasn't the one working on uh, Now we're going to talk about a little controversial subject called JediTV.com. That was posted on the 4th, I believe. And they, they mentioned the fact that if you type in your web browser, www.JediTV.com, you would go back to StarWars.com. Well, for me, it's all but confirmed. It said in my Miss News, it says that the LucasArts president has confirmed that they are making that there won't be any more Star Wars video games made for them about the movies but there will be for the live action and animated TV series that have just been announced so that's a flub what's a flub Jedi TV? no them saying that this already yeah. been announced when it it's hasn't it hasn't been announced that officially that there will be a, a Pablo a keeps series. saying well if you want it you will see and yeah well saying, actually well, Pablo if you guys want it pa- we'll pa- Pablo mentioned to our correspondent to on, at Comic Con that the episode 7 and 8 9 were in pre, pre-production but and they were probably going to be shown as a TV series. No, it didn't. It didn't say it is a TV series. I told Jeff. No, he, he was said probably that talking about the TV. Yeah, yeah no, but yeah. He, he said he said that it sounded more like a TV, sh- okay. TV series than than movies. And um, I don't think it will be seven, eight, nine. I think it will just be that's it. Seven, eight, nine, or the series. The series, or yeah, a Star but Wars series. Three seasons. Actually, on the official boards in the hyperspace forums, there was a there was a thread about JediTV.com. And Pablo came in and he said, wow, this domain was registered in March 2000 or something like that. See what I mean? And that's where... Can you change uh, something uh, like that in the registration? No, you can't. Of the domain name? You can't. But that's where Danny came in with the comment yeah, that uh, at the time... I think uh, George Lucas was in France, in Paris, on TV. And he said something about uh, doing... Uh, in the future, something on the internet. Uh, yeah, I remember the f- that. The future uh, media and everything. So probably was created at that time. Yeah. It was uh, in 1999, I think, just before the Phantom Menace came out. So there you go. It's not that. O- it's not that new then. It's absolutely well, not it was that new. So the, the U.S. didn't know about it. Well, they didn't like. 
cared too much yeah. about it either. But still, it was something that was, you know, worth mentioning. And I think that JediTV.com is something we've been all waiting for for a while. And I, I think it's just like an extension of hyperspace that's normal after the movie came out. Yeah, it's a normal progression. You know, you can uh, watch uh, droids or Ewok series on their 24-hour day, something like that. Or probably uh, Clone Wars, Wars and then uh, other whatever. Things. Yeah, other things. Things, if you have the own DVDs, maybe you'll be allowed to access different featurettes. Yes. Well, they probably do a show like us on TV. Mm, I don't think so. Why not? I'll kill them first. (laughs) (laughs) Could we sue them for like intellectual property or something? I don't think so. We haven't. We own no copyrights. Yeah, Uh, that's sad. We can bitch about the concept, which we didn't create, really. But yeah, some some of it, yes. But no, we're not the first one doing that. No, we're not. So, so we'll like make a joint pursuit against Lucas. Taking ideas from fans since 1977. <laughs> no. You could go under that? No? They can't? Not since 1977. Maybe 99, yeah. 98. Who knows? So, yeah. Uh, JediTV.com is something that uh, I think we're going we, we, You better watch this for the next couple of years. Uh, I wouldn't re- be ready to, be, to bet like a Dom Perignon bottle of champagne on it, but. Well, I hope it's uh, it's on TV, not on the internet. If they do a TV series, it's probably going to be on the internet. No, y- you won't make that much money on the internet. You don't get, uh, uh, except if you have sponsors putting commercial on Jedi TV. Let's say. Do you know? Uh, uh, do you know you how much? How much did you pay for uh, the hyperspace? Forty bucks. Ah, that's about cable. Oh, don't you think? 50 bucks for cable. For, for uh, only well, one TV show? F- mm, I think I paid for it. I think 50 they, bucks I for think hyperspace for yeah, you. But I think they, they would make more with the sponsor. Sponsor would pay more to be on TV than to be on the internet. I'm only going to say this. Do you know how much NakedNews.com makes Yeah, but in terms of profit? There you go. It's all, a, it's, all of a, it's all about like how big the porn in- industry yeah. is on the internet. No, but that's huge. Yeah, but it's like that, no, this, this, this doesn't relate. Naked News does relate because it's a TV show on the internet. So just there, that could work. Like for, it's, it's just it's about naked the audience. People. Naked people. Yeah, but like the, the Jedi TV, it's all about finding the audience, and the audience is there. It's asking for it. So if they do sell the product, there you go. It's, it's going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised. At all. Yeah. <laughs> so going back to what we were talking before, which is the uh, the Spanish guy who got uh, banned for basically posting in Spanish on the official boards, because Star Wars, after all, isn't international at all. Uh, Mandalorian Mercenary. I don't find it fairly applicable was the title that he posted in forum feedback. Speaking so his English isn't great. So yeah. what? Speaking in other languages is prohibited. Prohibited? He said prohibited. Don't get, don't get the, don't get in, don't get it if the uh, Spanish Star Wars fan club wants to talk in Spanish. Things of Star Wars, you're not gonna let them. If I make a thread for Spanish speaking or French or German, etc., and you're not gonna let me, well, I don't understand the cause. Sometimes there are people that doesn't speak a word of English. Then what is gonna happen to them? If I post a Spanish-speaking thread, I always translate all what is said into English. Uh, 
maybe you will let me do such a thing with my responsible axe. The moderator, Kalis, whirled inside my head, answered, First you need to learn English, then come back to talk to us about speaking in Spanish. This guy's been a moderator for about for a couple of months now. And, uh, and he has 41,000 posts yeah. plus. So I think... Um, no, he's been a moderator for I know, for but he time. should um, learn some tact. Tact. No, oh, he actually wrote down in another thread that when you become a moderator, you have to be courteous. Would you consider this a courteous act? No. If I was a moderator, <laughs> I would ban this for baiting slash flaming. Really? Yes. Wow. I don't understand why. As a moderator myself of three different boards, I wouldn't do anything. You know? I'm just that bad of a moderator. Yeah. Well, <laughs> some of us aren't jackbooted Nazis. Well, I, th- I don't think any of us no, no. are, but... No name calling is going to make any, any difference. Yeah. This is... And do you, do you consider, like, childish acting from a moderator to be, like, proper as well? No, I never have. Would you because say they are a representative of Lucasfilm? Would you say that one moderator, like putting his name, stumping away between hooks, is actually a good? Uh, is it kind of childish? W- would you believe that same moderator saying his name grabs lock tread and dives out of the room screaming mine repeatedly between hooks is like my friends and I we make fun of those people. Yes. No. You know, at least Sebastian takes the uh, name rec- uh, records yes. of all those things before they, they're deleted. It's too bad because this could be said as photoshopped. Oh, and you could. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, yeah. No, no, you no. could. You, you have you the could. skills. Yeah, I could. I have the skills. But seriously and honestly, these are print screens. I'm taking them. I'm keeping them as bitmaps. And I'm saving them with the dates and everything. And if they don't want to believe me, fine. Don't believe me. I know I'm right. I don't care. Shout out to Paul Enns. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that's like... Watch your, uh, your staff, man. That's it, man. It's like... Lucasfilm is really badly represented by about 50% of the moderators right now in Star- on StarWars.com boards. I and have two posts. And, and moderators suggest uh, upcoming moderators to Pablo. That's it, I think, he said. Yeah, well... Right. Pablo oh, choose yeah. between the, the people that the other mods... Suggest. Actually, Pablo will take a look out to people who actually give them their application to become moderators, or some moderator to be moderators. Yeah, you have to apply to be a moderator. Yeah, I don't like if that. you don't apply, they will just like think you're not interested. Which is, no, it's fair. I like it. There's no problem with that. But there's also this other way where uh, the moderators from StarWars.com will point out that particular person and say, you know, he might be a good uh, candidate. a good candidate. And Pablo will take the the time to actually talk to the person, see if he's interested. They should take a cue and rethink and maybe be a little bit more wise about their decisions. But for of for course, because some people took a wiser decision. But listen, it would be unwise. You got uh, it's the official site. You got boards and you got 19-year-old moderators. Excuse me, but I... Uh, there have been younger on the Jedi Council and they have done better jobs. Oh, there you okay, go. It's like, I don't care about the age. Because you can be 16 and still be a moderator and do an, ex- an extremely good job at it. Or be my age and be stupid, yeah. No, not, well, not <laughs> necessarily. Not I necessarily you. I wasn't going that way. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a good example. Yeah. It's like, 
because some doesn't people doesn't matter. The age doesn't matter. Some people might be of your age and just like not fairly intelligent. Not to call them stupid. Let's not make me name names, please. Don't make me name names. Stop torturing me. <laughs> I said no names. Okay. There you go. And um, yep. I don't know what to say anymore. Okay. But that oh, um, um, just if you go to Millennium Falcon, be careful, because you will be graded on how not graded, but if you don't. Post intelligently, you will not be respected. Like most places. Um, read, please. So, is like there anywhere. something in the. Okay, that's what you're checking? Yeah. Do you uh, want to go to a break or uh, go all, all the way to the. right now to the community update? I think we're gonna go right now to a community update. Or do you want to go to your break? Happy birthday, Raven. Yeah. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Raven. <laughs> happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday to you. It was our sound technician birthday yesterday, Raven. He was happy, happy birthday. Happy birthday. He just turned 31. Yes. For those lady of you interested <laughs> in 31 guys. He's really good looking. Looks a little bit like like lunatic. Yeah. With a shaved beard. <laughs> and more money. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for some people, that's that's a prerequisite. I don't like it. I think it's really stupid. But Frank okay. doesn't like that, though. No, Frank doesn't care about the money. Frank's gonna have the perfect girl. Okay, Star Wars guests that will be at the Star Wars and Suentras in Mexico on July 16th and 18th. No, no, July 16th. What the hell? People, you have to, you know. Like update, update your page your site, sometime. Yeah. Is it July? July? It's August. Okay. Wizard World Chicago in Rosemont, Illinois, from August 13th to 15th, will include Star Wars guests Steve Sansweet, Charlotte Parmentier, Angus McInnes, Rena Owen, and Eric Walker. Star Wars events in, will be there. There will be an inside Star Wars episode with Steve Sansweet, and this year at Wizard World. Uh, Get a true insider's glimpse into Star Wars Galaxy straight from Steve Sansweet, head of fan relations at Lucasfilm. He's also the director of content management. And he still doesn't go to the East Coast. What's that? There's no such thing as a Northeastern America for Lucasfilm. It doesn't exist. Hours will be from Friday 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., Saturday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Sunday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Tickets are $25 for a day, $45 for three-day. Children's 10 and under are free when accompanied by an adult to purchase a ticket. Up to two children for each adult. Uh, for more information, you should visit their website, www.wizarduniverse.com slash convention slash chicago.cfm. And now, moving on to the end, to the end of August, <coughs> sorry about that, will be the Canadian National Expo in Toronto, Canada. Also known as SFX. Also known as SFX. And it's going to be taking place on August 27th to the 29th, well, 2004. It's the, 
the sci-fi expo, the anime expo, the comic yeah, expo, so. and SFX the horror it. expo. Yeah. I mean, SFX is for we, the we sci-fi horror. part. What horror? The horror. Horror. No, it's, it's it horror. Sounds like, it sounds like horror when you say it. <laughs> horror. I like horror better. In any case, uh, it's going to be happening at the Metro Toronto Convention Center, 255 Front Street West, Mart Building in Toronto. Uh, Star Wars guests will be Jeremy Bullock and tons of Star Wars uh, artists from the uh, comics and everything from Dark Horse. Uh, and uh, one other, a few other guests. And, of course, a few other guests who will be there. And maybe even broadcasting a special show on the road for the first time. If we can... Star Wars on direct, ladies and gentlemen. We will be there. We will be live either in the evening in our hotel room or before that. It's like hopefully we can get some stuff working in our mobile audio equipment because it yeah. crashed at the beginning of the of the of the show after four hours of uh, running smoothly. <laughs> of running smoothly, it's it's something about like I don't know. I was gonna say something about broadcasting the show, but we broadcast it for four hours before it crashed. So. We'll be taking a look into Maybe that in the, the upcoming heat. weeks. I can't take the heat. I sh- I'm sure it's not about it, the heat. Before I before the interview, I got the AC on uh, on it. So That's it. It was fine. everything. Everything was fine. So it's not I, about I, the heat. I, I don't do PCs. Yeah. In any case, hours are from Fridays 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. Saturday 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Sunday 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. You can go to www.obbystar.com slash comiccontoronto slash cc underscore main.asp to find out more information about the... Oh, oh, and Patrick Stewart's going to be... Engage. Make it so. Earl Green. Earl Grey. And a bunch of the Star Trek guests here. Trekkie. For for, for those Trekkie of you out there. Are you a Trekkie? Yeah, kind of. I'm starting to wonder about your affiliation, man. I'm a Star Wars fan at heart. But I do enjoy Star Trek every now and then. And a Star Trek fan at ass? <laughs> yeah. It, it got my ass and my heart, and it, it's all put together. And it comes in as your... Blame my parents. I was brought as up. your guts. Okay. Raining Hollywood Northwest Sci-Fi Convention and Collector Show will happen in Seattle, TAC, Washington. Uh, in SeaTac, sorry, SeaTac, Washington, from August 28th to 29th. Star Wars guests are Felix Sealand, Hang Glider Hewak in Return of the Jedi, Ray Park, and Daniel Logan. Location is the Seattle Marriott Hotel in Seadag, Washington. Hours are from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Sunday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Ages 8 and up pay $8 for entrance, for, in, for entrance, and kids 7 and under are free at the door That's only. really cheap. You know what? Ray Park and Daniel Logan are often together. Stop it right there. I don't want you no, to refer to it. No. <laughs> Maybe infor- they just enjoy touring together. Yeah, probably. For more information, you can visit www.rainninghollywood.com. And, uh, of course, the weekend of September 3rd to 6th, we'll see Dragon Con with uh, Daniel Logan, Steve Sansweet, Rena Owen, and C. Crispin, and lots of more stuff, I'm sure, to be announced. But we will only talk about this during the next show. Because that's about it for this show. We have to take a look at the mobile equipment, see if we can fix a couple of things. And we were, does that mean that we will have a, an after show? Uh, maybe a short one because I have to open my store at six tomorrow morning. <laughs> I have to work at twelve thirty, so I'm cool. Bastard. <laughs> no, I, I'm. I'm. Uh, Seb is. Uh, I'm uh, Danny's up at, at five thirty, yeah. five o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Oh, no, no, we're, we're gonna Go do. To bed at five o'clock. 
We might. <gasps> what tomorrow morning? No, not really. If I didn't have any work till five thirty, probably. You need twelve hours sleep. I need two, and I'm okay. No, I don't. Uh, you're grumpy afterwards. Blah blah. I okay. am maybe yeah. So well, I don't think we're gonna be doing an after show, but you know maybe we there might be something like diffusing. You don't know. Just like maybe you won't be doing an after show. Take a look at it. I, I doubt you're gonna be doing one without me. I'm the tech guy. I have to be here. You don't do PCs. You're a Mac guy. I can. Do, I do Windows 98. B Mac. This is Windows XP. So B Mac. XP is okay too. Okay. It's like it's like Mac OS 1.0. That what was that? Rabbit, rabbit, Wolverine or something like that? No. You you like the animal names? You like making fun of the animal yeah. names, don't you? I love making fun of Panther, Jaguar. Who's gonna be the one? The next one is gonna cheetah be Cheetah. Was, cheetah was 1.0. Is it Cheetah? Ten. Two was was Jaguar. Three was Panther. Four was Tiger. And five is going to be Liger. 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 And to know what a Liger is... Go see Napoleon Dynamite. There you go. And remember that uh, AVP is coming out next weekend. We're going to be reviewing it during the show. So if you don't want us to spoil you and everything, go see it next Friday. On this word, I'm telling you that our next uh, our next show is August 12th. And it's... 12th? Yeah. Uh, 15th. Yeah. I missed... <laughs> it's okay. Typo. August uh, 15th, special show dedicated to the 501st with some very special guests and comments. Uh, if you have any comments on the show yourself or that you would like to make any suggestions for upcoming subjects, please send an email to studio at swendirect.com. If you like the show, we suggest that you talk about it around yourself. Word to mouth is the best publicity we can have by our listeners. Bring a friend to the next show. It's the best way to promote the show and have more fun because the more we are, the merrier. Fun. We'd like to take a second to thank our sponsors, Sitland.net, LegendsActionFigures.com, StarWarsRedemptions.com, our web host, Simple-Net.ca, our partners, FurryConflict.com, Trek Wars, The Furry Conflict Audio Drama, Episode3.net, Millennium Falcon, TheForce.net, Your Daily Dose of Star Wars, Galactic Hunter, Keeping Collectors on Target, T-Bone Star Wars Universe, and the Galactic Senate Message Boards, available at StarWarsWithAZ.com, and StarWarsFanWars.com, the home of Star Wars Fan Audio. And this is Remitez, Brian, Danny, and then, okay, it's Sebastian, Van Danny. <laughs> Tell you, see you next time on Star Wars Time Direct, the voice of Star Wars Fandom. Do it again nicely. This is all of us from Star Wars Time Direct, say, see you next time on the voice of Star Wars Fandom. Damn it. <laughs> This show has been brought to you by SimpleNet. Webmasters, online gamers, or administrators of e-business. At SimpleNet, we will always have a solution to meet your needs. You were listening to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom.
be sure to visit www.swanzerec.com for more information about upcoming shows. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Citlan.net, c'est... Les toutes dernières actualités sur l'univers Star Wars. Plusieurs dossiers sur la saga. Des événements et rencontres entre fans. Un énorme forum de discussion. Une radio web à contenu 100% Star Wars incluant une ligne ouverte en direct. Plusieurs concours ouverts au Québec et en Europe. Et bien plus encore. Ne résistez pas à la tentation du côté obscur. Cliquez sur le www.citlan.net. Hi everybody, this is Josh from TheForce.net. When you get online, be sure to stop by the number one fan site for Star Wars for your daily dose. Our Star Wars news is updated literally a dozen times a day. We cover everything from the upcoming Episode 3 to the latest video games and collecting news. If it's connected to Star Wars, you'll find it on TFN. Post your thoughts about Star Wars, react to the latest news in the Jedi Council forums, over 10,000 posts a day. Stop by our side of the internet, theforce.net, your daily dose of Star Wars. StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars fan audio on the internet. It's your home for Star Wars fan audio genre news, a comprehensive catalog of fan-made Star Wars radio shows, parody tales, and serious audio dramas, with behind-the-scenes features, a message board, reviews, tutorials, convention coverage, an internet movie database-style directory of the entire Star Wars fan audio community, and the only fan audio community recognized Star Wars Fan Audio Academy Awards held each year. StarWarsFanWorks.com. Fandom has a whole new sound. Galactic Country, the place where you can find the latest Star Wars collectible news from all around the world. From the Hasbro and Kenner lines of action figures to comics, games, prop collectibles, and events. Everything is covered and reviewed. Join our fan community in the Bounty Hunter Collective forums and find all your bounties at www.galactichunter.com. Galactic Hunter, keeping collectors on target. Sir, if you'll not be meeting me, I'll close down for a while.